and I knew that I only went into it because all my, like, counselors had told me to, like, have a real job. Like, just wanting to be a writer wasn't a real career path. And I'm like, I'm like, what, you mean, like, wanting to be, like, a Hunter S. Thompson, Noam Chomsky, except in a Scooby-Doo van, driving around, writing freelance, like, journalist articles isn't a real career? Come on. Like my dream and wasn't good enough, but <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's what con that's what uh, guidance counselors are, are for crushing your dreams. Well, I, um, I've heard so many stories lately. So I had a decent relationship with one of my guidance counselors. He helped me get a bunch of scholarships and and so on. But like, really, they're just there to get you into a career field, which is get you to yeah. college and get you. And it, like it as as I'm older now and on the outside, like I didn't really have parents, so I relied on guidance counselors for that advice. And as I'm older and jaded, I'm looking back on it and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like they really were just like grinding me up into like a cog in the system. Like the whole time I thought they really were about like higher learning and education and like chasing your dreams and having goals. No, it really was just like, go become a productive, like member of society. And I was like, I, I had so many problems my first semester at college because it wasn't, it wasn't aligned with what I wanted to do. Now, later on, like, all my friends I made there were, were, were like, uh, like uh, uh, comp sci majors, or there's another one, which is basically business computer science majors. All of them have great careers, like, all of them, like, you know, all of them were big nerds and dirty creatives in various different ways, but, like, the one who majored in being a dirty creative just ended up unemployed. And... <laughs> um, yeah, thankfully, I haven't wrestled much with... Uh... Unemployment, that's not been it, but it's uh, a lot of jumping from career to career. But uh, now, now my, my job is as a social worker, and it's uh, it's been rewarding, so at least there's that. Um, and I've kind of accepted that, you know, I, my, my creative endeavors didn't necessarily have to be my career to begin with. Um, it certainly would have made things easier, but sometimes things just don't work out that way. Right, and I mean, you've, um, really, you've really been crushing it just from going through Goonhammer. Like you've clearly got the spark and the and the and the thing for writing. I see a chat gangs here. Let me do the intro real quick, and we'll we'll pick this back up. Uh, okay. I see Hades, Death God, Snitbag showing up. Like Tomb King Tristan, how's it going? What's up, chat gang? I'm of course the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Uh, tonight we're going to be joined by Alice from Goonhammer, also known as Ragnarok Angel. Uh, we're going to be talking about Osiarch Bone Reapers, kind of the state of the game. And uh, apparently, tons of writing. So, so how's it going? How's it going, Alice? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's uh, really an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining me. I, we, we, we both. You sort of joined the uh, the AOS Illuminati, and we were just hitting it off. I'm like, I, I got to have her on the show. I got to talk to her. This is, you know, so so I, it's really. I've been excited about this kind of all day. I just realized that I have my email open up, like a professional. There we go. Mm. Goonhammer page up instead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tomb King Tristan. Oh, I like this person. <laughs> right. Don't worry, we have time. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, no, so so one thing I learned all too late was that, you know, writing's my passion. It didn't need to be my career. Of course, I went and made a mistake with Age of Sigmar being my passion and starting a fucking podcast about it. And, like, I don't... What is with this drive for millennials to, like, monetize or commoditize they're all their pastimes. I don't. What's up with that? <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, I think from like from my perspective, it's it's trying to find a compromise between 
the fact that we do live in a capitalist society where we have to make money to live, uh, but uh, also wanting to be able to carve out our own sort of uh, our own sort of uh, thing that's ours. Um, like the, at this point, the way that jobs are done, it's it's not necessarily. Um, it's not necessarily a statement of the fact that things used to be better or anything like that. Right, but, right. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to professions and things like that, people are so atomatized and depersonalized from the work that they do right now. Um, as a social worker, you, you might say they're alienated from the means in in some way. <laughs> yeah, some sort of means of making things. Yeah, there's, there's, there product. might be some sort of like alienation from the means of something. Yeah, yeah. Some, I, 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 I'm going to write about that someday. I'll get yeah. back to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet <laughs> someone needs to write a really prescriptive, like in like in depth text about this somewhere. Uh, no, <laughs> we're going to hit it off. <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah. Um, um, but no, no, I, I, I think ultimately it's, you know, the only thing we have left in this type of society we live in is, oh, I'm able to profit off of the thing I'm, do I'm doing. Um, and that's, that is how I have been taught that satisfaction is earned. So the, the way to prove that my pursuit is valid is to make money off of it. Uh, and whether or not, you know, necessarily... Uh, we'd feel that way if the circumstances are different. I can't say for sure, but I think that has a lot to do with how things work now. Right, right. Well, for for me, the pressure has often been on my time. This this need to be productive, and this internalized. If I'm doing, if I'm using my time on something, it it must be productive. I've got to be able to measure it as productive. Like if it means I get the X hits on this video, or back when I still you know, wrote for Kotaku or, or when I did some of my own freelance stuff, um, like how many hits did it get? How many retweets did it get? Or like, I wasn't as productive with that article as I was a previous article. And this real, like sort of sort of Damocles of the almighty a algorithm or of validation hanging above my head. And so I'm trying to deprogram for, from, from that currently, like this last year has been me like trying to write for myself again and trying to like, do these shows without caring if I get another like subscriber on my YouTube later on, like where I can just do the stuff I love without that. And if the, the cool thing happens down the line, awesome. You know, I think <laughs> hard work and, and, and passion and uh, purpose, those are all prerequisites to succeed in what you want. It's kind of just luck and timing on the rest. And the best you can do is just like, do what makes you happy. I'm, I'm postulating here, though. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, by all means, oh. I understand it. And um, actually, I, I, I kind of had a two-parter question um, that was related to this. If um, I could, if I'd be go so ahead. Bold. No, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. My first question was, um, why, how, and why did you get into Age of Sigmar? Um, I sure you've explained it many a times here, but I'd love to hear. I love to hear it from people. Um, especially because for this particular game, it's had such a tumultuous history. Uh, it's fascinating to see what was the the switch that made people to come to it. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I love when people ask me questions on, on my own show. Um, and for the record, I treat every show like it's a, someone's first episode. Somebody out there hasn't seen my show before, and this is going to be the first episode they ever watch. So uh, if it means rehashing uh, inside jokes or, or, or narratives, that's, that's totally cool. I think that's actually the way to approach podcasting. 
Um, how did I get into AOS and why? Um, so I played, like many people, I played Warhammer Fantasy Battle in like middle school. Uh, would have been circa like 1998, fourth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battle was the game around that time. Uh, jumped in on Undead because I was an angsty little goth punk kid, like, um, and played into high school and all the way up until I went off to college, right? Um, when I went to college, the game of the land was 40k. Um, now, I had a cursory interest in 40k because if you're playing Warhammer Fantasy Battle in the 90s, you can't not know what 40k is. Um, you know, I, I try to think of a time, it, from my fixed perspective, Warhammer Fantasy Battle was the flagship back then, and 40k was like the upstart, but mm -hmm. that's a very localized opinion. I haven't gone back in time to like check. I know in terms of the sort of license it start, it kind of started with you know Chaos Warriors and Warhammer Fantasy Battle and uh, with Citadel kind of making products for Dungeons and Dragons, then branching off trying to do their own thing and develop their own IP. Like I understand that from a very technical standpoint, yeah, we can look at the history of it, but I don't remember the popularity. That that feels harder to measure, you know. Um, but from my fixed perspective in Winona, Minnesota, in the ni late '90s, Warhammer Fantasy Battle was the game, the land. But 40k was like kind of coming along. And a lot of people at my local games uh, game shop, shoutouts to to Jimmy Jams, uh, comic book video game. Uh, if you trace my interests, they all go back to that one store, um, Vampire the Masquerade. Um, the the uh, the the 40k was coming into it. Necrons had just come out, but they were just a white dwarf book, and they had two units. Uh, what was it? Mortals and uh, what were the other ones? like warriors right like immortals and warriors the little dudes with the weird butts that flew around and then the the actual like necron warriors um that was it didn't get into them even though they would have been space skeletons uh space vampires were the next best thing played blood angels in college um never loved 40k it's really weird because if you ask me my favorite writers you know philip k dick is up there uh cormac mccarthy like I tend, as an individual, this is, it has always been fascinated towards me, or for me, uh, towards towards modern and sci-fi or speculative fiction. I really like fantastical modern, where you take modern and you just mess with the dials on reality. That's like my favorite genre to write. It tends to be what I read mostly when I'm not reading like boring, like boring white guy shit like history and philosophy, right? Um, like it. it so 40 game, just, it just never resonated with me, but I did like the skirmish vibe of it, okay? So then I did what many people did. I got out of college. Um, I partied a little bit. I bounced around, you know, on couches for a while. Really, like, kind of lost track of, of, of Warhammer entirely. Uh, so my friend Haywo is getting into Age of Sigmar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we used to be Magic the Gathering Grinders together. Um, oh, okay. So, um, I actually taught him to play Magic the Gathering back in college. Uh, me and my friend uh, Alex, or our mutual friend Alex, also known as uh, Japanese Peso, uh, taught him uh, a long story on the nicknames. Um, my nickname actually comes from my college days. Um, my full nickname, oh, okay. for people who don't know the story, is the Magical Mr. Mephisto because it sounds like a magical bunny rabbit. That's my full actual nickname. It's like a, a, a tribe called Quest or a pimp named Slickback. You, you have to say the whole thing. Um, uh, yeah, so so uh, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll make a like a, a donation incentive the next Rantathon for like to reveal what Haywo's nickname was back in college. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, no, so I, anyway, like we were Magic gr- ga- the Gathering Grinders, have been friends since college. Uh, you know, he's actually the person who mo- moved me to Milwaukee when I was like a lost soul out of college, not knowing what to do with like, you know, sort of shattered dreams and no career path, right? Um, he's like, hey, my, my grandpa's got a business, come, come do IT stuff for him. Like, the rest is basically history. Um, so, anyway, he says, hey, come play Age of Sigmar. This is about 2017. Um, it's good uh, It's good now. <laughs> like, his, his exact pitch to me was, "It's come play, come play Warhammer. It's good now. And so, like, uh, that was just before the, the Legion of the Gosh battle tome was about to drop in, like, what, the January, February of 2018? Like, so I'm looking into getting into armies. I pick up right where I left off in, in college with Undead or ga death and pretty much haven't looked back since so that i guess that's the how right that's the how right. the 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 how of I, I got into age of sigmar the why for me age of sigmar is a game where all the voices in my head come to play together if you know many folks in chat gang know that like my sort of like i've got like this sort of like i'm an omni nerd like I love, I've got comic books and tabletop RPGs. I played Magic: The Gathering. Love video games. Uh, I worked in games journalism for a while, all the way up until GamerGate, and then like it got so toxic, you know, for for women and allies, and I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I I wrote one uh, one one article called Coming Out, and it was like K spelled with a K about like Mortal Kombat and and the one gay character and how they made it subtextual and like and and I got flamed and it was like just for one article. I'm like, really guy? Like, okay. Um, and I, I just, really, what was that? I said, really? That just, that just sounds like an unrealistic scenario. Yeah. That would never happen to somebody. Right. Yeah. So I, I, um, you know, I, I lost my taste for, for games journalism. I, you know, I, I was just kind of like, you know, like I said, I, you know, I always have all these interests we've established you know we're both writers with that passion um but if you ask me like the sort of omni nerd ladder right like where the rungs are i mean it's linear scale and i don't believe in like linear scales per se but but for 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 metaphor the top rung is usually rpgs tabletop rpgs for me it's like the you know i love it's it's how i got into gaming to begin with was was in about the fourth grade i went over to my friend's house in north carolina his older brother ran us in like must have been the 2.0 uh, AD&D starter set with the paper map and minis and some dice and shit. And I was like, what is this? You know, I'm, I'm playing with my Ninja Turtles at this point, And I'm like, what is this game? And, uh, you know, I was like, that was like my one hit of, of like a tabletop RPG. I played video games. I played with action figures. And then it was like, I had to seek out rpgs for like the next the next few years sixth grade i meet my friend sam he's talking about this the teenage mutant ninja turtles rpg and i'm just like tell me more and you know fell into rpgs it's been my favorite thing ever since go great together oh yeah oh like you know it's like chocolate and peanut butter like when the the cars smash and that's how they get reese's peanut butter cups like i'm like you know it was it was it was you know but I'd, I've always wanted to be a writer. The first thing I ever wanted to be in the second grade when people are like, I want to be a dinosaur. I want to be an astronaut. I'm like, I want to be a writer. You know, um, I loved Roald Dahl at the time in The Hobbit. You know, I'm like, Did I want to tell you which was the most realistic, <laughs> most unrealistic of those three. Uh, <laughs> actually being a writer because there's surgery to be a dinosaur now. I've seen it 
like where people are like getting like reconstructive surgery to be dinosaur. I'm like, live your fucking truth if you're a dinosaur, dude. Um, and uh, astronaut is just like there's an actual career path to it. You know, like you go go into the Air Force. You know, maintain like some some test scores. Like be decently applied. Go into the Air Force. Like there's an actual career path to if you want to be an astronaut. Like you got to have some breaks your way, but you do in every career field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what's the career path for writer? Like, become a like becoming a middle a middling drunkard for a, like a while. Like, fight inner demons like on like some mountaintop. Like, <laughs> certainly <laughs> helps. Um, yeah, so, so tabletop RPGs like love love the telling stories that people get to interact with, sort of thing. Even when we when I played Warhammer. Fantasy battle. My fr- my friend Sam's a through line through this whole thing, because uh, Sam is who who got me into Warhammer as well. Uh, like we we didn't have we're, we're in the sixth grade, you know. I've got like a, a blister pack of skeleton archers, a skeleton chariot he got me for my birthday, and like of like a Vlad von Karstein or something, right? Like I, we can't play real games, so we we'd set up little scenarios. Like I remember there was a uh, like a Skaven heist basically where like uh the skaven are assaulting this carriage and the carriage has to get from one side of the table to the other and we did that with skeletons and you you could the whole thing is like you you have infinite skaven but you can only bring on like i don't know 500 points at a time you know every turn or something like that so like he'd kill them and i'd bring on the skeletons and put them a little further down and he'd like have his little like lion uh, lion chariot or whatever it was trying to like get to the other end of the table and we just make up these little scenarios um so i tell that story to tell this story when I'm playing Age of Sigmar, you know, hey, it's good now, says Haywo. It's got the skirmish thing that I always liked a lot better from 40k. I'm garbage at guessing de- directions. I don't know if it's a left brain, right brain thing. I just don't care to apply to it. Like, I, I can't guess. I don't, I, don't, I don't fucking care if that's 6 inches or 12. I understand, like, if I pre-measure, I go, okay, I need to make a 7-inch charge. I know roughly the table size. But literally guessing, like, your charges being wrong and one inch meaning you just fucking lose the game like I, I fuck that you know so i liked 40k how it had the skirmish vibe it didn't have as much micro managing you know the stuff that a, a video game rts just does better than a tabletop right like it, it um so it had the elements i liked from 40k but then it also had this like the narrative thing that i cared about not that i'm a narrative gamer i'm, I'm more of a competitive player but, like, it's just enough of a, like, I am Nagash on the table now, like, fear me. You know, just enough of that role play. Just enough of that, like, you know, like, I'm losing a game and I decide to tell my own story. We're like, okay, I'm going to lose this game. But uh, this is, like, this is, like, Bone Stevens. Bone Stevens kills generals. And, like, now Bone Stevens needs to kill the general. And that's the whole narrative I make up in that moment. Like, little things like that. It was all the stuff came together to, you know to where like all the voices in my head, all these things that were pulling me in a bunch of different directions from the RPGs to the video games, like everything all came together in this one kind of beautifully flawed game, you know, like flawed, but functional game. And it's been getting better kind of every year since I started in a, in a noticeable, meaningful trend. So I don't know. It's just, I mean, did did that answer at all? Did did I leave any? No, it was a very informative answer. Thank you. Uh, Skaven and Undead, a tale as old as time. Yeah, I mean, see, I mean, the there is an alternate reality where where this the where Mephisto is actually a Skaven player instead. Like there is an alternate reality, like parallel to this universe right now, where uh, the Mephisto, who's the Skaven player, 
is wearing like a Skaven shirt right now instead of a, a Bone Reapers shirt and hosting this exact podcast, but from a Skaven perspective. Like uh, it, when I when I was getting in with my friend Sam, it was like I was either going to play Skaven or Undead, which is interesting because when I got back into the game, Scryer was pretty pretty decent uh, back in 2017. Um, I was, a, I'm like, is this my opportunity to go back and fix a missed opportunity from my youth and play Skaven finally? And I'm like, nah, they've got zombie dragons and Nagash. Like for one minute though, I almost started with Skaven and Clan Scryer, uh, getting into AOS back in, in 2017. Like that one, <laughs> that one crap. So uh, it's, it's like in, uh, all the cartoons and stuff. If you think about it, that's when you make the alternate reality. <laughs> I was, I was about to say, everybody in the chat, do your uh, what if Mr. Mephisto. Yeah, roll the dice like in community. Like, <laughs> like what if, what if, yeah, see, I, I don't think I have a podcast now if I'm a Skaven player. Because my podcast started on the weekend coming back from NashCon. I think it was Nova did their teasers. And I saw the, the OBR trailers. And I was just like, I need to talk about this loudly. With Haywo on the internet. <laughs> and so I've just like called him up. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go live on. I was already streaming. Like I was already a Twitch streamer. I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do an AOS show. Come on and talk to talk to me about OCR Bone Reapers. And this, now your episode, this is episode 104. Uh, yeah, I took a look at your uh, your um, catalog before. I was very impressed. Uh, this it's a big, is it's a big, big monument. This is technically the finale for season two of, of Rantcast. I do a 52 episode, quote unquote, which is about a year. Um, yeah. you know, so it, it, I, you could do 26, I could do, uh, what, what, what our friends over at, uh, Rage of Sigmar do, which is just arbitrarily say it's a new season. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, so this is, this is, uh, you're the finale for, for season two, by the way, Al, so. Damn, putting pressure on yeah, me now, pressure, aren't you? Yeah, pressure, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, I mean, that's how it started and 104 episodes g going strong and, and, uh, here I am. So, uh, yeah, the now, other half of the question was going to be how you how did you end up doing this, but you also answered that. So, ranting has its advantages. It you does. <laughs> Eventually, you more or less get to the point. Yeah, you just meander through it and take all the thir like all the sideways. So, so I gotta I gotta ask you the same question now. How did you end up in in AOS, AOS and, and certainly uh, there's a there's a lot of interesting parallels there that you're telling me that link up with my own history. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't um do wargaming as a kid um i was uh was a poor kid in boston i didn't didn't have the money for that i i took one look at the you know just the price to buy one box of um whatever and saw and was just like no i'm like i can't afford that um and so that all kind of skipped me by until um uh, i finished college um went to the peace corps and came back and that was when I had my first like real job. Holy shit! You uh, did. You, you were in the Peace Corps. I'm sorry, not, not to cut you off. That's like yeah. actually pretty hardcore. Like that's. Uh, I mean, that's like a whole podcast in itself. Just asking you about like doing Peace Corps stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll talk about it sometime. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I distinctly remember because my friend, a lot of my friends did play um, because they could they could do that, uh, and it seemed interesting. But I also kind of wrote it off as like not my thing because just like you, I um. I was big into RPGs as a kid. I, my first experience, I think I was six years old. Um, and, uh, some of my dad's, uh, some of my dad's friends, um, like had me join in on them and let me, you know, they, they kind of told me what to do for the most part. It would have been second edition D and D. Um, but, uh, they told me what to do for the most part. And that was really fun. Uh, I was, um, 
Uh, I liked the early Final Fantasies. I think at that point, it probably would have been like one and what would have been two um, would have been out by that point. So I liked those. And I remember distinctly thinking, wow, this is like that, but you can actually like do what you want. You don't have to follow the story. Yes. Um, uh, and so like that, that really brought like a long time love of RPGs. And I'm when it comes down to it, I enjoy co-op experiences. I like working with people to solve a problem, things like that. And I, I wasn't much of a competitive person. So I took one look at um took one look at like war games. I was like, I don't know if that's for me. You know, you're going head to head like that. It seems pretty intense. Um but when I came back from the Peace Corps and I got my first real job, like I suddenly had money throw around on things like that. And my friends were into it. At the time, they were playing War Machine and Hordes because that's that was that era where 40k was really struggling, and War Machine and Hordes was filling the gap. But it's, I it's remember that those... Gen Con fondly because War Machine was everywhere, and I, I of course wasn't playing 40. I was there for mag, uh, ma, uh, for like the Magic Legacy like side event and stuff. So I remember this time period, but I wasn't in wargaming. So continue, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Um, and I remember I got into um, uh, Menoff because, um, you know, it, that sort of Christian theology type aesthetic is like a, a great way to grab me. So Angels and, and demons I, are sweet. Like, you know, there's a I, reason is. John Constantine's like my... I, I said... Oh, so gone, yeah. I said, I said, I've said in the past, say what you will about the Catholic Church, but they managed to land an aesthetic that works. Well, if, if, um, you, if you turn it, like, voodoo Catholicism is one of the... Like, I, I, I don't, you know, believe what you want to believe and stuff like that, but, like, just from, like, a like mytho, mythos sort of stance, like, if you take, like, you write a story, and, like, you're like, okay, Catholicism, except it's all literal. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? Like it's it's pretty dope. Go on. sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um uh and so yeah, I was in War Machine Hordes and then but like I came in at the worst possible time. I came in when third edition just launched. And I distinctly remember that because a friend of mine was like at the time there was optimism, he was like, Oh, you're coming in at a good time, it's a new edition, so you won't have to, you know, relearn rules or anything like that. And I said, Great. Played it for a while, enjoyed it, but like the cracks were forming, uh, and I saw a Eldar start collecting set. I didn't call them start collecting; it was Battle Force, something like that. Um, on discount on the shelf, um, they were trying to get rid of it. So I picked that up. Uh, getting into 40k, I was like, okay, I I actually like this a whole lot more. This is good. Um, and you know, as we went into eighth, um, uh, eighth, I remember. And this is where Age of Sigmar starts to come in. I've always remembered Age of Sigmar being on the periphery of my mind because for so long it was that it was that game everybody joked about that nobody played, mm-hmm. uh, everybody hated it, and only thing people had to say about it was like you know that you had to pretend to ride a horse type stuff. Um, and uh, so um, it was always in my periphery, but um, so but I, I hadn't paid attention to it. Um, but in 40k, I eventually ended up like settling. Like the the faction I ended up liking the most was Thousands. So I had Zinch Demons, and I saw a Facebook post for an FLGS saying, uh, "Who wants to learn Age of Sigmar?" This would have been mid 2017. Um, about the same time. Learn... I, about the same yeah, time I'm picking. Exactly. Up. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny how that lined up. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy at the FLGS uh, was like, "Who wants me to teach Age of Sigmar?" And I 
I had a thousand points of demons, so I just kind of gathered a whole gaggle of demons and uh, said, sure, teach me. Um, the Zinch book had just come out. That's right around the time split... you're yeah. like Zinch is be- about to become like kind of our first proper boogeyman army, right? Yes, because I remember I looked at the book and I was like, this is great uh, <laughs> because it there was so much about 40K because... Um, 8th edition 40k is basically, you know, it was a refinement of Age of Sigmar rules, um, and then they've sort of kind of gone back and forth, stealing each other's homework. Um, and uh, But uh, I was like, the Zinch book was like, you know, it was one of the really first, what we would consider, you know, what we would consider tomes, because it had everything in it, sub-factions, artifacts, all that stuff. Um, and like, I remember the paradoxical cloak was what stuck out stuck out to me it was uh, you got plus two to your save but you had to reroll successes and i was like "Ooh, this kind of goofy shit this is this is what i like i like this yeah I, um yeah those great like this is a, maybe a tangent put a pin in it for later about art the state of artifacts right now versus that sort of paradoxical cloak i, I think you know where we're going with that and i can't wait to talk about yeah, it. yeah yeah all right um but, uh, but yeah, ultimately, and uh, ultimately, I ended up, like, my first real army that I committed to was Nagash, um, Legions of Nagash, because the book came out, um, and Nagash's War Scroll is what sold me. Really? I saw, I took a look at it, and saw, um, so, going back to RPGs for a second, I, I've always been a magic user, uh, fundamentally. Uh, clerics, usually, mages, secondary. Um, and then I saw how many spells he cast, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> how many spells like it's it was eight okay yeah, yeah. and i was like okay so this is clearly like if you want the sorcerer supreme this is the guy you take i'm like yeah. i'm gonna take nagash and everything else is just gonna go around that yeah um so uh yeah and then from then on like my first major event uh was the um was at adepticon um where I did the, I think it would have been the first tournament of second because I distinctly remember I had a Nagash list and I actually did quite well despite the fact that I really was not very good at the game um, yet because um, it was it was also a lot of new people as well a lot of people were jumping on at that point too so a lot of people did not know how to counter Nagash that well right. um, well well the concept of of beating a single model was something that we raised in the water level a little bit later on early on is, is that meet me in the middle and fight type mentality yeah. and yeah. fine meet Nagash in the middle and fight with yeah you're it's yeah. you you better bring you better bring something heavy because right. he's gonna yeah. um yeah and it, it it went from there like I had so much fun at the um at the uh event even for you know a GT the uh the mood feels so much more relaxed than it does in many other war games. Um, people just really more feel like they're there to have a good time. You're going to find bad eggs anywhere. It doesn't. Same, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not. A, that's not a. That's not a statement about you know the the sanctity of the Age of Sigmar community or anything like that. But in general, it's a lot more yeah, relaxed yeah. and chill, and I've, it's become one of my favorite parts about it. Uh, I mean, I I feel like you asked like the how and the why, but like there's mm-hmm. a third un- unasked question is like why still, and for me that's the community, and I, I think you you'd agree with that like why you know i stay in aos even though i didn't play games for you know a year right like yeah why because the community you know like the the camaraderie 
in the AOS thing. Like you said, it's in the atmosphere. The, the first minute you step into, a, like, a room. Heck, you can be in the – like, Gen Call has, like, a big hall. You'll be in the AOS little corner where it's, like, it's like a fucking 12-person tournament. And, like, you can feel the, like, the vibe shift versus, like, right just right across the divider with all the other war games. I, the Star Wars Legion folk looked like they were having fun, too, but, like, I don't care about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back to that one. To in a each second. their own. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, that's a, that's a joke. That's a joke. No, 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 no. I get it. Um, uh, real quick, Arctic Circle dropping a thousand RDP. People three thousand four dropping a thousand RDP. Each to remind you that chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Thank you so much. Um, Good and time. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so where does writing for Goonhammer come into this narrative? Uh, yeah, uh, you probably saw me go into my web browser a minute ago just because I wanted to find the piece. Um, if it would be okay, I want to read a little bit. Because, no, go ahead. 100%. Uh, I, I found Goonhammer. It, it came up because we're all sort of... Um, the majority of us, at least at the at, at the steering committee, are, um, are uh, refugees from something awful. Um, it was... Uh, <sighs> Interesting. The community, the something, the um, that's actually where Goon Hammer comes from. Um, uh, something awful, goons. Um, the we we had we had a vote to change it at one point because we were like, do we want to continue to have that association? And the argument essentially became, well, we're we're getting we're we're getting recognized by name, so it's probably too late. Too late. But that's yeah. actually where Goon came from. Yeah, like if I didn't want to, so I with Mephisto, there is a tie to uh, uh, Diablo. And okay. I had to be like, well, do I rebrand now or something? Like, like it's a college nickname, really. Like, can I really yeah. not be Mephisto anymore? Um, no, yeah. it, not the and, same. And R Ragnarok Angel comes from me when I was 13, and I put two things together that sounded cool, and now it's kind of stuck with me at 33 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, pretty, Sometimes pretty, you just get stuck metal. with it. Yeah, you get stuck with things. Um, real quick, though, so something awful. I stopped I, – I didn't really get deep in something awful. I, everyone had their, like, favorite forum or thread – um, yeah, my favorite was like your band sucks. If you, I don't even know mm -hmm. if you remember this. Like, so every every yeah. week, you know, there's like Catterday, there's a bunch of random shit on on something awful. But your band sucks, and the whole thing was uh, was just this, this one this one person would just like every week roast a different band, and and mm -hmm. I will always remember. So like you'd suggest and and like what what band should get roasted. And I remember Tool, and the roast was your songs are too long. <laughs> But would go on these these huge long form rants. That right there. So this is another one of those like those those uh, idiosyncrasies, those those parallels we have. That informed that your your band sucks on something awful is what informed how I went on to approach my games journalism and the stuff I got it. And the rant cast format is heavily influenced by by those articles back then because these big long-winded performatively angry finding stuff to nitpick and like just destroy it's, it, it's genuinely incredible how much of an influence something awful had had on internet comedy even you know 20 years later it's it's certainly fallen far from graces but it you can still see its dna in a lot of how oh, yeah. internet humor works oh yeah like the, the sort of like wry sometimes anti-humor sometimes like too you've gone too deep into satire territory like you know like that whole uh yeah yeah no no it's a thousand percent it's like i'm just like looking back on it because for me something awful just kind of like was a thing i went to as a kid and then i kind of like yeah, i got into 4chan for a while on bv co and tg 
um, before they all got split up into all their various subsections, like Pokemon got it, like before Pole existed. Like I, I was already getting off of off of uh, 4chan before then, um, and it, it just like it's interesting how. The internet has just like I've been wrong about the internet the whole time. By the way, I've always been on the wrong side of the tra- like the sort of like transitioning, the shift like wherever it is like late to come to video or YouTube specifically. Um, I, I did streaming early. That's like the one thing I did do early, but under a different handle, and all the progress I had from my when I, when Justin TV became uh, Twitch, I switched to Mephisto, and uh, like the the Leet Geist. Um, was was my handle back then on Justin TV? Like all the like success I had as like a, a as a random uh, streamer, like gone. And it, the hardest thing to do is like establish yourself as a random streamer, or a variety streamer. It's the hardest thing yeah. to do. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so so anyway, you're 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 something awful. Just participating in like the the sort of wargaming community, and then like part of Goonhammer. Yeah, how was the 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 40k community is Goonhammer started pretty much exclusively as a 40k site, but they had always like aspirations to branch out from there, which at this point we have, uh, thankfully. Um, but uh, I wasn't even involved with them at the time. Uh, for my understanding, for a while it was just sort of a blog where they just kind of shit posted for a while. But then about a year before I came in, so it's uh, COVID means. COVID and lockdowns mean the time means nothing. Well, time time that, has meant nothing forever. COVID just just yeah, think, let us know time is meaningless. <laughs> I think 2019 <laughs> is when I got involved, so it was like a good year, maybe more than that, before I was involved. Okay. But it started like that, and like one of my draws was that like they did start competing articles, and a lot of that was like um, it was great to see something that was doing what four chans one d four chans uh uh you know um competing guides except without the rape jokes yeah um so it was it was good to see that the the mephiston Um, the mephiston like 1d4 chan write-up is hilarious except for the rape jokes like it like there that humor is that's the the overt the over the top the turn to 11 sense of humor that i think makes like 40k kind of fun you know the tongue-in-cheek have the tongue-in-cheek without the um Oh, without the vulgarity turned to eleven, I don't mind like swearing and like ultra violence and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I like, don't yeah. mind that. But yeah, um, but uh, so it was there was that, and then there was an article that uh, like I remember uh, Rob um, Karujan, He's going to kill me for not being able to pronounce it, but he knows nobody can do that. Uh, Jones did an article where he went to um, he went to Nova twenty nineteen uh, and detailed his battle report, and I distinctly remember it because uh it made me laugh so hard that i messaged him um <laughs> he was giving a recap uh of his games and the very first game that he did he brought a, a chitin um with his corn army the uh you know the forge world giant robot yes k-y-t-a-n um and he so uh yeah he starts the game and uh within the first turn uh i'm gonna read an excerpt from it 9 52 a.m rob starts shooting he puts six damage on the Lord Discordant and five. Uh, Rob, this isn't this Rob. It's actually his opponent was also named Rob. He puts six damage on the Lord Discordant and five on my Rhino with his Storm Fangs. Then uses the keen sense of stratagem on the Fire Raptor so it can ignore my benediction of darkness. Sure. Starts firing. It hits with everything and wounds with most things. The saves do not go well. I use my CP reroll to try and reroll a save against the one last cannon shot that wounded, hoping to keep it alive for just one turn. 
That was a mistake. The time I thought I could heal it back up by a bit if it survived, uh, it's BS. It's a ballistic skill never degrades, so that would be fine. And probably the heavy bolter scores nine wounds and takes the chitin out. I roll to see if it explodes. It does. Here's where <laughs> things get real bad. 9.54 a.m. This is bad. Real bad. Most of my army is stacked around the chitin. I start rolling for damage. Warp Smith, six damage. Dies. Jump Pack Sorcerer, four damage. Dies. Huron Blackheart, six damage. Dies. Red, Cors <laughs> Red Corsair's Marine Squad, five damage. Dies. Black Legion Sorcerer, three damage. Dark Apostle, six damage. Dies. Dark Disciples, two damage. Dies. The Lord Discordant, six damage. Dies. The Rhino, six damage. Dies. If you're keeping track at home, that's 42 mortal wounds dished out by my own exploding Titan. I rolled for the Rhino, which then also exploded, <laughs> dealing three mortal wounds to the squad of Red Corsair Chaos Space yeah, get... Marines on the other side of it, and three of the Berserkers inside die. <laughs> Rob uses the last storm fang to wipe them out. I tell Rob I'm sorry and I need a minute. I walk away from the table. <laughs> so, um, and then, all right, sorry, and then 10.04 a.m. Okay, I'm back. I'm fine. This is fine. I'm laughing, actually. My first turn starts. I have five Chaos Space Marines and a Sorcerer left on the table. None of them are at full health. I move them into cover. I try and smite a Stormfang to the Sorcerer. Rob denies it with his Rune Priest. I go to Deep Strike Abaddon and the Blood Letters. Rob reminds me that I can't do that because I've forgotten that is only the first turn of the game. Right. I am wasting time here. I contemplate conceding, but I don't want to mess up scoring for Rob if it means he can't score all of his points. We move on to turn two. All right, I'm good. No, no, no. I like the, the matter-of-fact, like, uh narrative approach to writing like and that that so goonhammer from my perspective because I, i'm not a 40k uh, uh person the way any anyone the one I, I mentioned sort of when we were off air there's like various rolling gags one of them being i don't like star wars like uh, i love animorphs apparently like there's all these like random like gags the the big one is like i'm i'm like 40k like what's that is usually like the joke um whenever people try to bring up 40k like in chat or something like that if i engage with a topic of 40k then i have to like then I have to talk about 40k, and I'm like, I, I just don't have enough of a, a field of reference. So, like, Goonhammer, I didn't really, like, notice initially. And then just, it feels like suddenly, about last year, it was just Goonhammer this, Goonhammer that, that you know. And, like, lo and behold, like, essentially most of my perception of early Goonhammer, because when I started noticing AOS content, uh, you know, meta-analysis meta and and uh, uh, faction focuses and stuff like that, it was, it, it turned out to be you, like, just by happenstance. Um, like, yeah, uh, so after I read that article, um, my particularly dry reading may not have gotten that across. Well, well, well Tomb it, King it, Tristan it, does is right. It, the joke isn't that, it's that I explained the joke. See, Norm MacDonald knew that explaining the joke was, was the best part of um, that. Go on. So I, um, I messaged Rob and said, um, you know, I, I love you guys' stuff. Uh, are you guys looking for, are, do you guys have anyone who does Age of Sigmar content? And Rob tells me no, um, but they would love that. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I just kind of slid, slid in at just the right time. Uh, and for a very long time, um, it, uh, I was pretty much the only Age of Sigmar person. We had other people coming in and I, I want to give them credit. We have, uh, we had LR who does some stuff. Uh, we had Silks who's, um, who did a lot of stuff for us. So we, we had other people, but it was much smaller, uh, team. And then, um, you know, over time, we just kind of kept going through it. And especially with the launch of third edition, we've had a lot of people involved uh, now 
who I, I have a great group of people that I'm glad to have around. Um, uh, Mago Sockbert, uh, LR is still around with us. Mago's hanging out um, in chat gang right now. I saw earlier. Uh, Mago's I, had I an feel, excellent. I feel like. Go ahead. I feel like they would uh, feel like they would kill me if I didn't mention their names. So I'm making sure to do that now. Uh, well, <laughs> um, and uh, Forge and Forge Father Bear have all been wonderful people to have right, around, right and uh, Joe Joe Cryer as well. Right on. Right on. Uh, Magos actually basically like entering chat gang, basically kicked in the door and was like, "What's up, OBR people?" Oh, and I guess other people too. And I'm just like, I already yeah. like you. We, um, we we also we also commiserate with each other on the current state of OBR. <laughs> I, I don't yeah there's some commisery there but like I'm 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 like huffing hopium too while I'm like commiserating like I've got my little like oxygen tank of hopium next to me and I like turn it up and take like huffs as I as I uh, talk about the state of Osiarch Bone Reapers um you know if if I were to go to if someone asked me rather rather like bluntly uh this I think past weekend like if I went to a tournament right now would I be bringing Soulblight Gravelords or Osiarch Bone Reapers and I'm like Soulblight Gravelords like with with Sons of Behemoth in the meta as they exist, OBR are like basically just walking into every tournament with at least one loss. Like just, yeah. there's just like S like SOB is holding an L for you, and as soon as they run into you, they're just gonna hand you that L, and you gotta hold that now. Um, <laughs> like and that's that that's before you even get into like the the state of shooting, uh, the table play. Uh, command abilities got better with the with the September FAQ, but like, uh, you know, there's still a lot of problems. And we, we can go into Osiric Bone Reapers a little bit more, but I'd like to talk a little bit more about about Goonhammer right now specifically, because like you you've I mean you've got articles up for for reviews for like the two battle tomes I think that the both re recent battle tome reviews on 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 uh, uh sorry I'm blanking on uh, orcs. Uh, it's been a week. Uh, Orcs and, and Stormcast, you've got those up. You've you've written your meta analysis. You've got like some stats analysis in there. Like you really like community spotlights on animosity. So I know Nunos and Alex are probably pretty stoked that you did that article. Like really, just just some range and and you've got this really sort of um uh this really sort of like conversational style of like how you write that I really respect and dig actually. So, so like kudos there. It's very, very approachable, very, very like insightful, very, very thoughtful. Like you, you, you show a lot of thought going into it. Like I read the, the Osiric Bone Reapers article is what I started with. And I, I just read that. And I'm like, you know, there's the one thing where like the, there's the FAQ, you know, changed the context of what you said, but like beyond that, I'm like, every one of these points is very well thought out and like, correct. This is the, <laughs> this is the correct opinion, right? Like, um, um, uh, most importantly, starting with the fact that you called Nagash uh, uh, the god of death, not the god of undeath. So, um. <laughs> uh, um, sorry. Um, so yeah, so you've branched out now. You've got got a little bit bigger team working on Goonhammer. Uh, obviously, you weren't the only one before, like you mentioned. Uh, a lot of people helping Goonhammer. Um, I mean, this is this is a great website. I've just been like poking around it because like I said, like with 40 K, like, you know, it's hard to get me to look at 40 K stuff, but with the AOS angle kind of coming up, seeing it emerge and all of us sitting around kind of in lockdown, having to like get more content. Um, I mean this, the, the page layout here, it's like getting started, started, boom, here's articles. Like this is almost more approachable than, than the Warcom website. Like to yeah. act. I mean, <laughs> almost it is. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> Well, your praise is appreciated. Yeah, uh, not if you bring Blunderman, but then you won't beat much else. Well, Blunderman, you're playing a different game. You're playing the Will It Blend game, and that's a fun game. But like, it's not the same as winning. 
The answer is yes, it will blend. <laughs> Anything can blend if you try hard enough. No, no. Uh, so, so specifically, Blender Men uh, in chat gang refer to uh, uh, stalkers, necrop. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. The buffs that they can hold right now, uh, the rend they're capable of of generating in Petrifex Elite, uh, like they they will blend what they get into. You know, the challenge oh, with Osir yeah. Bone Reaper will always be getting into what you want to with your priority, tar- like what picking your priority targets. Right. Um, the answer is always yes. By the way, they they even blended Marathi, didn't they, uh, Kyle? Sorry, we get. Uh, I don't. Do you have a? This is Twitch. Uh, Chat gang is is they're a part of the show. They're in, they're literally the show within the show. So every now and then I glance yeah. over and I'm reading what they're okay. Yeah. No, sure, I get it. Yeah, right on. Um, just recap. We're catching up on chat here. See if I missed anything. The AOS discords I've been in. Uh, Arctic Circle says the AOS discords I've been in are night versus day difference from the 40k ones. I've never met a more welcoming and friendly player base. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been around gaming my whole life. Uh, I've mentioned like rpgs D, so on and so forth the aos community is something special 100 percent um oh yeah no it's it's been one of the greatest things i uh you know it's coming back the last couple of months have really when i've been able to get involved it's it's been the you know i think all of us have started to have to make and we all did it at different times we all to make the decision about you know uh when did we feel comfortable uh doing live events again um and and being community evolved involved again and this has been a huge huge time for me in terms of getting out there and meeting more people and such been such a great community right on right on um yeah so uh magos mentioning hashtag read goonhammer uh yeah do that yeah do that um tomb king uh tristan uh correcting uh me a little bit earlier on the 1d4 horrific misogyny Yes, a way better way of, 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 of putting it. Yes. That's a good way. Yeah, that's a way better way of putting it. I try to avoid saying the uh, the R word personally. I, I don't, it, it's not a, like, a woke scold thing. I don't care if like, other people use it. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like, I also try to avoid it's... the word holler. I don't like that word either. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's an unpleasant word. It's an unpleasant word. You. Yeah, it's an unpleasant word, and for some people it can be triggering. So I just... It's easier for me to just try to change my vernacular slightly. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> Hades being Hades. Um, <laughs> uh, hot, sick Rob versus Rob action. Space Wolves Rob is best Rob? Question mark. Arctic, Arctic Circle asks. Uh, I it's forty k stuff. I have no idea. Well, he apparently <laughs> smoked him. So, uh, 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 article sounds like a Sherlock Holmes retelling. Uh, I mean, dope. <laughs> And yeah, the joke is. Um, I'll, put the, I'll put the article in chat because it's worth a read. It's it's probably one of the funniest things that Rob ever did. There you go. <laughs> no, you're something special. Bang toasted. Uh, yeah, mi- minimum pants. Uh, saying. Uh, uh, by the way, Tomb King Tristan and. Uh, wow, man, I'm getting like all the like the big guns out here. Uh, going out into the season finale and then into the season open ne- next week. Um, we'll have a party at the all points on next week in some capacity. No, Tristan will be there talking try to get a few few other folks in on that um so wow um thank you for hanging out and checking this week uh tristan um and then yeah so so the blunder men was this a unit of six i believe it was uh they blended 27 hagnar witch elves two baby gargants a hagnar queen on cauldron general uh 28 wounds on a mega gargant 
And each of these was like one activation per attempt to what they blend. Unit of three, Jesus Christ. Uh, so it was unit of three. Well, yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. They they can do the job for sure. Yeah. Um, put them in precision stance and point them at something. My my challenge with them as of late is that, um, and it, it is helped at least by their command ability, the one that lets them fly for purposes of crossing terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, I, I've had challenges playing them. It's because they're so dangerous that people will zone in on them. Um, and if you play against the wrong army, uh, they will they will attempt to take them off the board as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they occupy this really awful zone where um, at having four health, um, that's you know that procs a lot of uh, abilities that do extra damage. And most painful uh, of all, thralls, thralls, for instance, do do they, they get their extra uh, buff against them, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of that stuff. Four points is the cutoff. Yeah. It's not good enough to capture count as double for capturing objective. And the one I find most painful is um, uh, healing. You can't if one model goes out, it's extremely difficult to bring one back, um, as mm. opposed to other stuff, um, which is easier to heal or restore models in. Right. Right. It's almost like you want them to be three wounds, like with murder ponies, or just go all the way up to five wounds, right? Like, so yeah, at, at five wounds, I think four wounds is. It's kind of like the the two ugly zones are four wounds and ten wounds. Right. Um, four four wounds is it doesn't qualify for um, double objectives and um, the healing in the army because like Nagash, they just Catacros and Archons does three. So if one of them dies, that's it. It's it's not coming back unless you like the stars align with the uh, uh, with the harvester to get mm-hmm. to get four wounds. But yeah. the odds of pulling that off are so unlikely. So I I, I just find that tricky. They're very much glass cannon unit. Yeah. Uh, I don't doubt their I don't doubt their utility. But the way that I tend to play, um, I kind of have sidelined them for a while uh, until I can kind of. Get a better handle on them. To be fair, I've never personally brought them off the bench. There's just a, a very de- devout uh, core of Osir Bone Reapers players who swear by them. I, um, go ahead. I wish I wish I could use them, but yeah. with my I've been I've been running the same list constantly because I'm going to um, going to the New Orleans event, assuming that's still happening. Hell yeah. um, and so I've just been playing the same list for weeks now to try and like hone it to a a razor thin edge, and it's. Uh, yeah, just there wasn't room for the, the no, blender boys. No, I I, res- I respect the uh, respect the um um the sort of practice and getting your reps in. Um, the other thing I find, see there there by the way is that very thoughtful uh, uh analysis I, I was talking about in your articles. Like covered all the bases, um perfectly uh, perfectly eloquent. Um, the thing other thing that I find kind of prob like to be a problem with them is not being battle line if there's no it's it's so difficult with the points of the way the army shakes out right now to like buy what i call like vanity picks like you you kind of got to be all gas you know like it's you just don't have that wiggle room for you know you've got about 400 points of of space in in any given list to be cute i guess and that's usually devoted to like getting getting the extra stuff you need to take an army that's kind of playing on the back foot this edition to actually put it mm-hmm. in in the uh, position to be able to dictate its own pace as opposed to always be reacting. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, like, sort of, like, I, I, you can fit maybe one vanity pick in, and for me, that's been the harvester. Um, I don't, 
necessarily think that it's uh, great. Uh, I don't think it's ideal, but um, I it does a lot of nice things that I like, and I, I find it's a very like uh, a swingy model. It um, <laughs> either either gets shot off the board turn one because people see it and be like, oh, that's a monster. I'm going to get an extra VP. Um, or they don't, or they don't, or they don't properly gauge it. Um, and it just slams to a horde of things and just rips them apart. And that's, that is, that is a satisfying thing when that happens. Um, and also I think it's cute as hell. So I, I, uh, I, I agree with all these. No, I see. I like the harvesters. It's also like Ossiarch Bone Reapers right now. They feel like they're kind of denied playing a portion of, of 3.0, just kind of entirely left out in the wind. Um, and even like the monster meta, they're kind of left out of that a little bit. Gothazar Harvester isn't quite a like full on buff wagon. It, it has its healing shtick, and it's not really like a combat monster per se. It's it's pretty aggressively costed in terms of like its combat profile, but it's 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 a Stone Lord. It is you know uh, a Stone Lord, a Frost Lord on Stonehorn, a, a zombie dragon. Uh, you know, uh, you know, even it is not any of those things. You know, absolutely for a monster, it's very wimpy. I think. I think what might have happened is during the writing, they kind of figured like, you know, 10 wounds was probably okay because it can heal itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that's probably the thought that was going through their mind. But um, at, at 10 wounds and a four up save, it's a bit of a glass cannon. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, so I, I tend to mostly have it because monsters, um, because of the utility of monsters in terms of certain battle tactics and uh, certain game modes. Yeah, it's good to bring at least one monster along yeah. if you can. Yeah, charging um, up with it, and you basically guarantee your battle tactic turn one. Like it's pretty. Easy yeah, my, my actually my opening play is uh, I bring my list has um, Catacros, Archon, and Soul Mason for the um, for like my my heroes, mm -hmm. and sort of my opening play is to have Archon cast Metamorphosis on Catacros. So. Uh, those two, the, the, so now all three are monsters, and they just time. kind of run, run forward with them. It's like, oh, I got three VP, and they're like, how did you do that? Uh, and it, it, it's it's funny because I probably could lie about it because half the time everybody seems to just assume Catacross is a monster. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Osiric Bone Reapers caught so much heat early on that was like people playing their rules wrong. It's like I, I got like a chip on my shoulder against that crap. Uh, playing Gothas or Harvesters wrong. What was the what was the big one? Act, when they activated certain abilities, like I'm just like, come on guys, this is, you're you're playing it wrong, and and it's like you don't need to cheat to win with this this quality army. It, so one of the things that that I saw in your article and is something I, I certainly agree on is you said that like it really felt like with 3.0 they borrowed very heavily they like kind of like looking over the shoulder of Ossiarch Bone Reapers and like kind of copying their homework right or frankly absurd levels <laughs> would you care to like elaborate or I don't I don't want to paraphrase you I want to you know your thoughts kind of direct from the source yeah certainly um so my my point was that um while there isn't as much CP to go around as Relentless Discipline um very much a similar concept was at play here the idea that uh, unit leaders could issue orders um, that you were getting a regenerating pool of command points each turn that went away. Um, and um, uh, it really feels like they were using RDP as sort of a test bed. Yes. Um, and kind of what just hurts the most is how uh, in second edition RDP 
it's really only drawback was that you didn't get any of the generic ones, but that was fine. Uh, you could work with them because, uh, generally speaking, your units were above average, so you didn't care too much about reroll ones to hit or whatever. Um, but then you rerolling know, the charges hurt. Rerolling, not being able to reroll charges really hurt the army. That yeah, that, I mean, that, that was that was a trade off. But go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, that was pretty brutal. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so like those parts of it. Uh, were definitely uh, borrowed from OCR Bone Reapers, and then now the system has changed around them. That's that's the thing I find most fascinating. They didn't change all that much about the book, but the system changed around them to, in such a way that their their abilities were no longer were both no longer powerful or special, and then also apps actively kind of crippled the army compared to. Um, Compared to other armies, well, I mean, even if you look in faction tier. right right now with Soulblight Gravelords, you know, you're looking at an army that's firing on all cylinders for all intents and purposes. Like they're using, mm -hmm. like you know, I was trying to communicate this in 2.0. This is what made me, by the way, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Is I went on Warhammer Weekly and I talked, I, I kind of defended Osiric Bone Reapers in the state, and was 100% correct. Everybody, uh, like fucking hell, time has proved me right on that one. About how, like, the draw, like, I'm like, this is, like, you have to understand, the big thing I was sticking to is, I'm like, I'm like, there are armies out there that just get allegiance abilities. You know, like, they just, like, exist and they have smashing and bashing or, uh, you know, grave sites, like, with, with Soulblight Gravelords or, you know, they just have a sheet, says allegiance abilities, exploding sixes. There's just armies that do stuff. Some of them do stuff and have a resource. Osiric Bone Reapers, the Allegiance ability was our Relentless Discipline. And then at party to that, we got immune to Battleshock, which is still great, by the way. Like, it's 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 great. I would play the army if that was the only rule they had, quite frankly. Um, mm -hmm. And and not because I think it's that super good. I think there's plenty of ways, especially in the MSU meta, to play around with the Battleshock phase. I just don't think, even now, the Battleshock phase is a fully fleshed out uh, phase of the game. Um, it's Sorry, it's... By the way, I don't even think it has a, a place in our, I, the, the hot take incoming. I don't. I think you could remove the Battleshock phase from the game of Age of Sigmar, and little would be missed. Um, I, 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 I don't actually disagree with you on that. Um, I, it's, it's definitely feels like a, a legacy mechanic um, that they've kind of. It's always kind of been there, so they're loath to remove it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, once you get past a certain point, uh, anybody you play with is always planning for ways to get around it mm -hmm. um you know uh you know you keep a cp in your back pocket if you feel like uh bravery is going to become an issue uh you know a large chunk of the units wiped out or something like that um it's it's more kind of something than and i don't mean this in a um in a derogatory way towards people just starting but like it's it becomes sort of an amateur mistake to watch a unit collapse from battleshock mm -hmm. um and but as you like you know as you play that. more as you as you as you as you play more, it's like it almost never comes up, um, and it. I, I don't necessarily disagree that it could it could go away, or um, and no one would miss it, or they'd need to replace it with something a lot more interesting and and engaging than just you know um, do some simple additions. Yeah, do do some weird math, and then like a couple extra models go away sometimes. Like it, it's just where like even the scale of like how much models are capturing at right now. It's not even like with monsters, for instance, just monsters and elite just arbitrarily like just having new values like oh these capture at 10 these captured five these capture at 20 or 30 like it's just it's the the gap between like d6 and of arbitrary value it's it's just it's so nominal 
for the time sink and the sort of minimum impact it's kind of having in the game. Yes, I know sometimes it comes down if they don't shock. If I roll a one versus a two, I keep the objective. I know those situations occur, but they're like, you know, you getting double turned and losing a game that like you made worse decisions up until that point to where you were in that predicament to begin with is also a mm-hmm. thing too. Like it, it's not a, it's not a defense. It's not a defense argument for this, like that system occurring, like make some, I, I want them to either make an entirely different call it the cleanup phase or the overrun phase or literally anything else. I don't know why my game about gods and angels and demons and, and, and humans that are thrown down on lightning bolts that can't die are getting scared of crap and running away. I just... Yeah, I was, I was kind of hand-waved it as, like, attrition. Um, sure. Because there are certain cases... There are certain... Actually, I think they call it an attrition rule. I think they do in 40k now. Uh, specifically for that reason. Just because the uh, the idea of a space marine running away in terror is uh, too funny to contemplate. Like... Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's... The mechanic itself is so simplistic, and I don't necessarily want to go back to the way it was where you have to run towards the closest board edge or whatever. Nobody wants to go back to that. No, um, except for Magos. So <laughs> as, as, it, as it stands now, it's a bit of a legacy mechanic that, you know, they, they just seem to load to remove because it's always been there. So I think there's, yeah, yeah, the nostalgia goggles. Again, like, reimagine it, do something else. Like, I like bravery bomb mechanics. I like, I like interplay with a bravery statistic. I just want... I either want more or I want the Band-Aid ripped off, you know, and that's where I'm at. Um, um, and, and and actually, just to, to reply to Magos, I think he is right that, you know, against Horde armies, it is sort of like the... In some ways, it does work as a as it functions as a balancing factor in the terms that in the terms that it works. Uh, if you're going up against a couple 40, uh, 40 dude blobs, um, then, uh, you know, if, if he has to make two... One has to make two different saves... And only has one CP anyway, mm-hmm. um, but he can only well, and he, he can only do that uh, on once per phase anyway. He's going to have to pick, you know, which one's more important. So sure. there are there are certain situations that it does come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but like if if the if the intent of it is to throttle horde, they have other levers for that, don't they? I mean, like right now with with the way that we have reinforcement points, you're kind of only rocking one blob anyway. Some armies get like two medium blobs, but yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's so many other levels to throttle horde. There Make probably it. are more elegant solutions to it. Than, so yeah, than I mean, re- relying I, I, on this single dice roll. Yeah, I th- I, I'm like you. You you saying it's a legacy mechanic? I think is is the kind of like the better way of putting it than, than my like wrong tire my long t- tirades. But yeah, um, yeah. So so uh, that's just sort of resetting it back to Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Um, like this army is a 100% brand new army for Age of Sigmar, right? Yeah. One I was asked, and I. I as Soulblight Gravelords were coming out, like, 100% on board, hype, hyping Soulblight Gravelords, you know, as someone who did sort of start with LON, technically Grand Alliance Death, and I I was mid-building my army when the Battle Tome came out, so I was like, cool, more candy. Um, like, it... it, it Soulblight Gravelords felt like a love letter from Games Workshop to me. The joke right now is that in a Tyler Durden fashion, I am James Workshop, because just, like, all of my, like, fantastical thoughts, like, I must go to sleep at night, and then I, like, have a fake British accent and I call up like Ben Johnson. I'm like, oi, next. I don't know why I went cockney there. Um, (laughs) I always start with oi. Um, Like I just call him up and like, oi, release vampires. Like, and just whatever. Like, no, um, 
you know, I'm all in on like Soul Blight Gravelords. Uh, the way I look at it is like you have a forever home and you have like a vacation home or a couple vacation homes. Some people only have vacation homes. You know, they don't have like that one army they stick with. Um, you know, death is, you know, the joke is, you know, death is my is my forever home. But, uh, you know, as Soul Blight Gravelords were, were coming out, I kept talking about like the Ben Kingsley speech from Lucky Number Slevin, you know a rabbi who's a gangster is that a, like a grass is always greener sort of thing and i'm like no no no. i live on both sides of the fence and the grass is always green like i love my love my like the bone zone and the soul blight gravelords equally and and then like when when soul blight gravelords left the room i'm like actually it's you you're my favorite um <laughs> to, to osiric bone reapers and uh the reason i come down that way is because i love like vampires and you know just categorically and and you know folklore and stuff like that they're i think they're cool i think they're dope uh twilight ruined it for a little bit for me but then i realized that twilight didn't ruin it for me it was the discourse around twilight and i i grew as a person and i'm like i actually don't care about twilight there's tons of crappy fiction out there why is this the hill everyone's dying on to this day i still see memes making fun of twilight and i'm like you need to get over it yeah get over it it's been a decade yeah like i mean there's it really like we're still circling back to this um anyway like yeah for a while there i I kind of distanced it and then i came back and the point is is that i can get vampires in any setting uh you know i i love the the warhammer age of sigmar spin to stuff like i've always been a big fan of like how they've spun their stuff the wackiness the uh turn to 11 the grim dark or tongue-in-cheek like that they have this like sort of like ballet that of that they go through of shifting things from like super tongue-in-cheek to sometimes super like hard-boiled and super metal and i i love that ballet like i love that warhammer does that dance um but i can get vampires for all intents and purposes anywhere else i can't get osiarch bone reapers anywhere but in age of sigmar and i feel like as like a branding as a game company as a, i'm like they got to care about this 100% trademarkable thing in a way that they would Stormcast. You know, when they were they came out, they were sold as the Dark Mirror to Stormcast, right? And I looked at the models, I'm like, yep, that Xantos looks like, uh, you know, uh, whatever the... Uh, I always forget his name. Just pick a random name. There's like 80 of them. Yeah, whatever. They all... all, <laughs> they all, all, all words so are made I, up. I, I, my, my brain still hurts from... Uh, reviewing the uh the uh, stormcast battle tome and just like looking at the cable contents and just seeing night 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 lord lord <laughs> see uh tangent number number two if you're playing the rantcast drinking game everybody um when i was learning to play aos with Haywo, um i could never remember stormcast names for any of the units to, the, to this day i can't they're all <laughs> Like I can, you could sit me down in a classroom and try to like with a the freaking board and a pointer and everything, and I will not be able to remember them. They're uh, just gibberish, who, fake Latin to me. And I'm like a friend. A friend of mine plays Stormcast Eternals, and to this day, I still can't remember any of his units. So like when I'm targeting one, I'll be like uh, that guy, yeah. and he knows he can have me because he's like, you got to say the name. I don't know what you're talking about unless you tell me what the name is. Vandus Hammerhand. Thank you, Magos. Thank you, Chat Gang. You always have my back. Um, yeah, Vandus Hammerhand. Yeah, because the whole joke was like, uh, it was like the, with the, the with the the scroll, uh, the scroll like model, the the little skeleton with the scroll on Catacross's face is, you've got a missive from Vandus Hammerhand, my lord. He says you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then like, uh, was the. <laughs> 
Catacross looking over the battlefield, send a missive back to him and tell him he ain't shit. Um, <laughs> like that's, uh, sorry. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, like, so, so Ozzy Bone Reapers, it, it feels like for them to kind of forget about them or leave them out in the wind or use them as a test bed and then, like, I guess you did write your article on them before the September FAQ. Now that they can sort of run a couple models, uh, or, you know, yeah. plus, plus or a couple models. Do you have a more, f- I guess, I guess we should kind of go back to the beginning. Your read, what was your general read on Ossiarch Bone Reapers? We've been talking about RDP. We've been talking about some other stuff. Like your general read, what was your, what was your general read in the article? And sort of maybe has the, has the FAQ in September changed your read a little bit? Have you reassessed? I know you've got some stats on them too. Like, yeah, where, where are you at? Yeah. So what, you know, if you want to give us a quick synopsis of, of what your, your article was on Goonhammer, and then sort of what you read was then what you read is now. So right now we're working on a series of faction focuses, which are um, which are basically just sort of like really mini getting started guides for someone who is looking to get into a faction and might not know, you know, how does the army play? What does um, what what's to buy? Because depending on what you're looking at, that can be overwhelming. Um, and um, sort of some list direction. Uh, and the first one I did for the new edition was OCR Bone Reapers, um, because that's the army I was most familiar with, so I felt easy to just uh, stretch my typing fingers and go at it. Right, right. Uh, that ended up being a mistake, because I think that um, not counting the new armies that just got their tomes, uh, OCR Bone Reapers saw the most radical shift in terms of rule changes um, between the FAQ and what kind of came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um I do think that the change that they made was one of my suggestions, and I, I felt like it was the most, int- the least intrusive suggestion, because my feeling has been that the FAQs, their job is generally not to rewrite rules, except for the times that they do, but uh, they're the t- they tend to be there to interpret the rules as best they can. And um, just kind of make the most of it. And the it's way that the racing. rules are... My, like the minor adjustment in the, you know, in the yeah. sale, it changes. You, you, you want a massive overhaul, you wait for a battle song. That tends to be how it works. Right, right. Um, but um, OBR, like, they, they at least, I give them credit, they acknowledged there was a problem and worked on it. I, the, the ability to use the same command ability multiple times, but not on the same unit, uh, and each unit can only still receive and give one... That was one of my suggested changes, and I think that it was the least intrusive one, and I still think it was the right call. Absolutely. Um, because, for example, like, uh, more tech guard, if they can't get their shield wall off um, against a, you know, a decently powerful enemy, uh, they are almost, they almost certainly will melt. Um, a four-up save on battle line is pretty good, but it it's going to get carved through with the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that I don't have to choose which one will do shield wall now, uh, relentless advance is now at least a, it's actually better than it was before because last edition, it explicitly was, uh, once per turn, no matter what. Um, but then when they introduced this rule change, they, uh, they had took that, they had taken that out mm-hmm. and, um, decided to stick with it. Uh, which I also think. a tough call uh whether or not that was that was a good call because i uh i don't think it's overpowered mostly because the rest of the army is sort of weighed down by its own problems Mm -hmm. uh if the army gets stronger it may need to be looked at again because it basically eliminates the army's 
what should be the army's army's primary weakness, which is mobility. Movement. Yeah, no, I mean, that, um, if if I can just but, sorry, no, um, go ahead, go ahead. I, I like where you're going with this. For me, Osirik Bone Reapers, I love them as this inevitability army. You know, like where where like they have a plan and it's a boulder down a hill type thing. Like once it gets momentum, once they get to where they got to go, they're gonna they they just they will just outlast you, outgrind you, like they will win, right? The the thing becomes disrupting their trajectory, stopping them from rolling, you know, getting rolling, so on and so forth. That's a fun dynamic for that army. It feels one of the best things for me when I started playing Ossiarch Bone Reapers was actually feeling like a general. You know, I mm-hmm. loved that I felt like I was for like the first time in a long time I wasn't just making like regular table decisions, you know? I was make I was a general of my army. Making very like RDP was an empowering like this is where like I didn't feel bad that the whole game got our cool thing because now everyone has as much fun every time as I was having playing like like uh my army. I feel like a lot of the animosity towards towards Osiric Bone Reapers wasn't that they were overpowered. People were saying they were overpowered, they were wrong, but they were saying they were. Uh, but the animosity was coming from like standing out like outside in the in the rain, looking in at the feast I was having of being a general and like having a snifter of brandy and like pointing at my troops and just having the most fun ever. I I feel like the armies they lost a little bit of that, but got a little bit of it back too because what you were going with with like with you can't like shield wall and bludgeon, so you got to choose between offense and defense on on that turn, yeah you know yeah like, that's that's been a big one and it, it that at least i give them credit for giving some 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 choice and like threat assessment it's like okay can i put bludgeon on these guys instead and not risk being wiped on the counter attack um or should i just play it safe and do shield wall so there that does at least i it is one of the things that i really like because it does give a a sort of uh uh, risk assessment that um, might otherwise be lacking. So I, I actually did like that part. Yeah, yeah, there's a good change. I'm sorry, I cut you off, cut you off mid there um, of 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 the point on on RDP and, and generalship, but um, yeah, I um, I think I think generally speaking, my my thought now is um, I'm not even really looking at the power of it so much the the lack of the generic command abilities. Um, there is some there is it, it does hurt really bad if you're going up against a range army and you can't pop all out defense um Mm -hmm. that's almost explicitly what that was made for um and it hurts to not be able to do that um and so um but there's also some stuff like uh some of the stuff is is fun it's uh you know you have stuff like uh like redeploy which has a lot of strong which has a strong tactical component to it um and now, now I now using your analogy. Now I'm the one who feels like I'm outside looking in, and I yeah. get to see all these, I get to see the opponents, uh, get to do cool things like uh, like redeploy or all out defense, and I'm just like, I want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like looking at. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> why, why are why are my why are my tactical skeletons unable to figure out the idea of shuffling back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I or Nagash, how how come in in uh in Soulblight Gravelords he can uh. Uh, he can give them hell. Like someone tries to run up on him, and he's just like, Psh! and he gives them the stink eye, and they explode. But like when he goes yeah. over to Osiarch Bone Reapers, the more tactical, or he just forgets how to do it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and that's and that has that has had some changes. Like, um, what was it? Like one of my big ones was I. I said I still like the more tech crawler in the faction focus, but my opinion has sort of soured on it. 
um, because of the lack of rend now and in a world with stacking. Mystic yeah. Shield, yeah. Mystic Shield, all out defense like that. It's like I, I've had I've had a, a couple of games where it's like it literally just comes and does nothing, and I'm like, that's 215 points that are better spent elsewhere. Yeah. 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 I... Uh, so there, there is, there is also too, like you know, in, in addition to the fun part, there is just sort of a, there's sort of an inherent imbalance from, um, all out attack and all out defense not being, the OCR Bone Reapers purview. Uh, heavy D6. He had so many good tactics that he can't think of one on the spot. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, and Magos performance point... anxiety. Performance anxiety, yeah, right. Uh, Mago saying uh, it's a full combined arms army, not just a monster and some dudes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Osiric Bone Reaper. I, I'm always going to stand it. I have an, I have an implicit. Uh, I, actually, at this point, I think it's an explicit bias. Get at me. Uh, I love this army, and I love my Soulblight Gravelords. So, what are? I guess you you say the change for RDP was like the correct one. I think many. Many of us in the Osiric Bone Reapers community, this is kind of what we wanted. We're like, okay, so we can't use the generics, but we can spam ours. Cool, awesome, like, you know, NASA launch room, like, congratulations, we're all shaking hands and high-fiving. The other one was Petrifex Elite kind of got changed to the suggestion we had made all along when the original conversation for Petrifex Elite came up. Shouldn't it be plus one save, it should ignore one rent, right? And it's the good version of ignoring one rent. Like, it, it's not just, like, ignoring only dash one rent, it reduces yeah. one rent. So it's the good version. Uh, not as good as plus one save, army-wide, but meaningful, and there's not a non-bow with our shield shield wall, which is, I think, I mean, if, yeah, it, you know, if, if we move forward with this army, that's kind of what I want to see with Petrifex Elite. I've always maintained the bludgeon was the issue, never the plus one save. Like, why isn't that on Oh, yeah, host? the bludgeon is, is great. Why is the most defensive army the one that has the offensive component, like, to it? Like, I, that's always been just, the, like, the thing that I've always, even when I was standing super hard on Warhammer Weekly, uh, the day I became the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, like it was, like even then it was like the the rend seems to be the problem here, not the defense. Blah 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 blah. Petrifex Elite, it's justified by the fluff. Games Workshop doesn't seem to want to change it, and honestly, at once I heard their like justification in the rules, they think whether they're right or wrong too. People can have their opinion. They think that the rend is their identity. They describe them as Seal Team Six coming in and like. At, like late to the battle and like and just obliterating what's left. That's what the Petrifex elite and they do have some credence given to the fluff flavor narrative of an army, right? Um, like so. Okay, that's here to stay. The minus one run seems to be in the right place. Is there meaningful choices to the to Staliarch lords to to Mortis Praetorians right now? We don't talk about the other ones, the other two, but yeah, um, Mortis Praetorians. I think that they're. I mean. The problem is that they're saddled with a, um, I, I, Mortis Praetorians, I have actually tossed that around back and forth in my head because, uh, I bring Catacros to every game. Um, I, I jokingly call him my large bone son, um, and I love him. Uh, so, um, bringing Mortis Praetorians, like, I could get that one plus one save back if I brought them. That's a, you know, that's a, that's an argument for it. Um, but, you know, the command ability is, is a little more niche. Reroll, reroll hits on the counter charge is pretty good. I won't, I won't lie about that. Especially with more rerolls um, being kind of like stripped from the game, right? Um, but um, it's it's also not as useful to OCR Bone Reapers because it's pretty easy to get a lot of your army up to two ups to hit anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so when you when you 
slot that in. Next you have three to... different easily accessible ways between the helm of the the helm of the ordained, I think it's called, or the helm of, helm of the. Uh, it's for the Cavalos helmet, plus one to hit within a radius. You've got what Catacros, and you've got uh, a spell. Like you've got, yeah. you can just you, this army go hands out, uh, hands out plus ones like Bowie uh, handing out high fives in Ethiopia in the and South the, Park episode. And this. <laughs> and the soul mason the soul mason's uh unique spell soul guide you yeah. know you can cast it pretty pretty reliably twice a turn and that's reroll ones so when you already got a two up that's basically just reroll all misses anyway mm-hmm. um and um stallion lords i've seen some fun stuff with that that's something i'd like to try one day but it would also require me to buy an uncomfortable amount of uh Kabbalist death riders uh so i haven't got quite gotten to that point but someday i will I mean, Mortec Guard running and charging is pretty good too. You know, it's not just the the Cavalos. They they do miss out on the uh, having to be mounted for the retreat and charge, which is like the best ability, right? Like that's that's the good yeah. that's the good stuff. Um, although the the prospect of Nagash queuing up like a Kamehameha or whatever, charging forward and then just exploding it uh, like off a run and charge and then retreat charging over somebody and queuing up another seven arcane bolts and and a Mystic Shield is freaking hilarious yeah everybody when it comes to the fun faction everybody immediately goes to crematorians and i and i understand that um but you can do some real batshit fun stuff with uh with uh the um with the uh staliarch lords crematorians is one of those ones where i wish their ability was in soul blight grave lords on the zombies yeah if if you had exploding zombies like, oh my god, that would be incredible! Like, like uh, the problem. The problem is with uh, with o- OCRs is that you're such a low model count. You as as fun as blowing stuff up is, you don't get it as much as you'd like. Yeah, and you're and not. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, because it, you're every every model's precious. Yeah, it's it's one of my other problems with Battleshock. Rolling rolling the six or rolling box cards should never feel bad in a dice game. It should always feel awesome when you roll the big number, and like it's a little bit of that like. When your stuff is dying in an elite army, it sucks. So you shouldn't feel like the it sucks thing shouldn't be the rewarding rewarding thing. Like there's sometimes it's like okay, think of it as a consolation prize, and I'm like, well, I don't want the consolation prize. I want more fun. You know, like I want to, like I want more candy. Give me more candy with my rules. My rules should be candy, not yeah, you, you know, not feels bads. Um, yeah, if you want, if you want, if you want to have fun blowing yourself up, go play kids. Sure, or, or like Skaven, or Skaven. For, yeah, Skaven are like hilarious for that. Like, there's there's a fun way of doing that. Like, if it's Necromancer Corpse Explosion dot army, that can be a lot of fun, you know. Um, you know, Hordes have already kind of been throttled back a lot just with how reinforcement points work and coherency. Now, like, they're not as they're not as hurting as things on bigger than twenty five mil bases, but like. But, like, a lot of the games sort of, like, the MSU just shift the way that the objectives are more spread out. Like, the game is just decentivized uh, uh, mass horde armies, 120 gits dot army. A lot of that's been decentivized uh, kind of across the board. Don't get me wrong. I see you Soulblight Gravelord players out there wanting to bring 180 zombies. I see you, and I approve. But don't ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> Over here, I'm saying good good riddance. Yeah, good riddance, good riddance. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it... One of the best changes to AOS 3.0, I, th- I think, was was raining down our model count a little bit. I actually think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I kid. I, I, um, I, I can see the appeal for large hordes. I, I've always been more of a elite army player. Uh, I like it when my individual stuff is awesome. 
Um, but I, I totally can see the appeal. Uh, and, I, and I think it's at a good balance right now. There's still the, the, the concept of a horde may have been redefined, but it's still there. Um, and if you want to move blobs of guys around, you know, there are armies to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that and that's what it should be, right? It should be that everyone has a sort of avenue to play the way that they wish to play this game. It's it's such a it's such a wide, it's such a broad game with a lot of just there's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. Everyone should have like yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that for for everyone, right? Like there should be, you know, I the reason I like Osir Bone Reaper so much is because honestly, I was getting fatigued pushing around 120 skeletons. Like like going to tournaments, which is where I like play most of my games like I you know if I'm not when I'm playing games that aren't tournaments they're usually preparation games for tournaments to hashtag get mm -hmm. better get good get my reps like that's pretty yeah. much how I play AOS um it, it it was you know going to tournaments playing five games pushing around 120 unless that's the thing you love it, it gets fatiguing mm -hmm. I would rather have as much fun, but push around 60 models. And that was exactly what Ossiarch Bone Reapers was to me. It was like, it, literally the army I loved in LON just condensed down. And, you know, with his own trade-offs and stuff like that. And I loved that. I, that's why I like, I just, I just jive with this army so much. Um, so you mentioned Relentless Discipline Points. What, what else do you think this army needs? Like... Um, is that a, so is it a total rewrite? Is it a wave two battle tome? Like, is it uh, another another rewrite to our legions ability? What do they need access to generic command abilities? Like, what what does the army need? Because they, they we we have reversed think, my own metaphor. We're a little bit on the outside of the glass, looking in at everyone. Having. Yeah, no, no, I I hear you. Um, no, I I think I I've thought about it, and like initially, you know, I said my my thought was that you know I. I'd like I prefer to with the compared to the current state, I'd prefer to just drop RDP entirely and go back. But that's not really what I want. I like that mechanic. Um, it does, like you said, it makes me feel like a general to just have a stack of coins and be able to toss them out on separate things. I think what would help is probably having more reactive options um, because that was really the name of the game with the generic command abilities in 3.0. Uh, the idea was to have more stuff to react to your opponent, so you didn't feel like you were just sitting there and taking it. Uh, and that's where OBR, just like, that's where the feels bad comes in. Uh, you know, your opponent gets ready to levy 60 shots at you from Snake Ladies. Uh, you just have to be like, well, uh, let's hope that the rolls are good. Uh, so even if they don't give us the generic command abilities, uh, I'd like our own list of them. Um and they could be just different. Three, just but, three different abilities, right? Like, yeah, and 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 make them make them like more reactive, um, because that was one of the the selling points of three and I think one of the best ones. Hello, puppy. Yeah, that's that's Dobby. He's Dobby. Dobby is a free dog. Uh, we rescued him. We didn't name him. Aw. Yes, I usually don't have my door open. Um, sorry. Yeah. Ganked by doggo. Um, it's fine. So in an ideal world, I think that would be my solution. Like, if you're going to keep RDP, which I think they're gonna, because that seems to be like a trademark of the army that GW is very proud of, um, just give more generic abilities, and particularly reactive ones, because I think that that was one of the best parts about Age of Sigmar 3.0, yes. giving the player whose turn it's not something more to do. Mm -hmm. Um so give us stuff to do when it's not our turn. I, I think that's perfectly stated. I, I think, I, I mean, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is me, uh, my my 
Tyler Durden James Workshop thing here. Um, I'm going to speak my will to the universe, and it's going to cave to it naturally. Um, I'm hoping there is a wave to Osiric Bone Reapers. You know, it's wishful. I haven't even heard rumors of this, mind you. Like, I don't, uh, you know, have really. I know some insiders, but I don't really like ask them to break their NDA for my benefit. You know, I just whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's been one of my favorite questions to ask. Do you have a wish list? If there was another, if there was a wave two of units, what type of things would you like to see in it? See, see, this is where like I think a wave two could fix this because I don't want RDP to go away. I like our our like our different different trade offy style. I like having more of them, but in a more like limited or army specific capacity. Like I like that stuff. Like I don't necessarily want redeploy and maybe there's a ability called no actually shield wall where it works against ranged, you know, like, and so one unit when you shield wall them can, can shield wall against ranged as well. Like, you know, stuff just like, and please do name it that games workshop. No, actually shield wall. Like you know, the thing shields were designed for fucking arrows um <laughs> like uh uh but uh yeah no no like I, I think that that's a really good proposal the just give us three you know we've already got our movement shtick so two more right you know we've got our yeah. plus three move give us two more react like reactive give us two reactive abilities one of them does not need to be redeploy um like just just two reactive abilities to to maybe something that messes with magic or i i don't know you know, make yeah. maybe re reconfigure our our allegiance, our sub allegiance ones to be more reactive. Like you know, the 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 mortal mortis praetorians where you're reacting, and getting charged. Just just something. I think that's a good one, two or two or three just reactive abilities. A good way to give us that is in a wave two battle tome. You say, hey, uh, ranks unbroken by descent, uh, right with the exact same nomenclature that gives us our plus three move. They can use these these three abilities as well plus what's on their war scrolls plus what's on you know it wouldn't be it doesn't feel like it'd be game breaking it feels like something that would be easy to really sort of like drip feed into the game without altering the game dramatically um my though, though i'm thinking as well too um sorry this thought just occurred to me no no go on about no, this is... uh, because one of the one of the selling points of petrifix elite has been their command ability the the bludgeon um with the new battle tomes that came out it appears that they appear are decoupling uh, command abilities from factions because the sub factions are just bonuses now instead of As it should be. saddling you with anything else. And and I think that that was a good call. But it's going to make me very curious what Petrifix Elite is going to look like if they're going to take away Bludgeon. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and they don't they don't need to. I, again, they they can. They can just be candy. Like so, so I like the direction they was for a while there. They they had this like just misdirection, just the wrong path of thinking that playing an army without a sub-allegiance was supposed to be a viable thing to do. No. Just give people their candy, give them free rules. You know? How do you make Night Hunt better right now? Give them sub-allegiances. Give them free rules. Like, done. Like, there's there's just... Give... Every, fine. Free rules for everyone. Is it bloat? Whatever. Why do? I, why would I care? Uh, I, If it's fun. You know? If it's more fun for everyone, just do it. Like, I don't... I, yeah. You're already... I, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall because I can I can kind of figure you know what direction they were going for with that whole like you can take you can take a sub faction oh but you must pay a price um, yeah in the form of the command traits and the artifacts I I can kind of understand what they were going yeah yeah we wait for your camera to catch up uh, Soren uh, dropping in uh, with a player with um 
Uh, sorry, you lagged out there for a second. Yeah. Uh, Soren with a with a tier three sub. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I uh, should allow them to play around with throwers for twenty five years. Thank you so much for the sub, Soren. Thank you so much, Mad Lad. Good evening from Texas. Good evening to Texas. Um, sorry. So, um, you you kind of you're you're uh you kind of lagged there for a second. I, I apologize. No, 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 no apologies necessary. Disgusting. <laughs> um, the um. The the trade off the fly on the wall sorry is resetting back to what I was remembering before uh, the lag happened I, where they thought it had to be a trade off what it ended up doing was creating a little bit more like that was yet another opportunity for have and have nots right like and mm -hmm. it yeah. it was one of those things that looked like the illusion of choice but then it wasn't a choice it it caused the whole fiasco to begin with 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 how the best one the best one was right like just yeah. If if my sub allegiance isn't as good as the best one, but but I'm not being punished for taking it in a different way from all the mm -hmm. other ways all the other stuff is being punished, it feels like more of a choice. You know, Ivory Host isn't going to get picked for as long as it has a drawback compared to anything, even if its mechanics are good, because there are entire sub allegiances out there in the entire game that just give you bonuses, right? Like, what a weird misfiring. Um but hopefully they're moving yeah. away from that now with 3.0 and everybody. Again, just give them candy. Sub-allegiances are the, are the way. Everyone gets free shit. Cool. I'm cool with it. I don't care. Um, so I think the, this wave, back to this wave three wish list. Wave three, for mm -hmm. me, is a, is a like an LRL thing, you know, or a Broken Realms. They release another book. Uh, I will buy the limited edition for that, complain that it's obsolete in a month, but I will still do it, knowing full well that it will be obsolete in a month, and that I'm overpaying for a, for a literal paperweight. I don't care. Just give it to me. I will mm -hmm. pay for it. So I get my Wave 2. Uh, it's got a couple new kits in it and some new rules. The new rules just expand on the rules that exist. Maybe they, re they, they reconfigure sub-allegiances a little bit to where they're just candy, but they and they add three reactive abilities to the whole army. Everyone gets these three reactive abilities. Mm -hmm. um, maybe shield, Maybe uh, the Mortis Praetorian's uh, reaction is moved into a generic and everyone can do that, and they give something else to Mortis Praetorians. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Make make Mortis Praetorians yeah, no, the I think that'd be a good call. make Mortis Praetorians the catapult army. Their their new ability means their catapults get to like n proc mortals something right like yeah. So they you can proc mortals off catapults that that becomes their sub allegiance user user RDP ability and everyone gets the reaction to charge rerolling thing. I don't care. Um, what I want for models I want bone chariots, like just give them to. I don't care if they're crap. Make them look as awesome as ever. Because they don't typically write good chariot rules. I don't care. They make good chariot sculpts. Uh, I need Chariots them. Cool. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind archers. Uh, Hades asks, uh, uh, archers, yeah or nay? Yeah, I, I want more tech archers. I want more tech archers out of a purely list-building stance, though. I want a... Make them a unit of five. Make them decent. They don't need to be... They don't need to be flipping sentinels. They can be a little bit closer to Bliss Barbs. Like, just give me a unit and make them cheap. That way I can get my three battle line and start to really mess around with my list building. And uh, and I want a proper bone monster. Um, I won't begin to speculate on what type of bone monster. Uh, like, just make it sweet. Like, a bone dragon would be preferred. Like, categorically. Like, a dragon. But I'd settle for like a bone colossus, uh, a bone Katamari Damase, where it's just like a crazy ass, like, what was it, a legion from Castlevania, except made out of bones and super gnarly. Like, the Gothas are a harvester, 
like was it's a twos or nine model, right? You either love it or you hate it, right? It's either for you or it is not. There are no, there is no in like in between. We're like, ah, oh, it's all right. Everyone's like the firm, yes, awesome, and this is the coolest thing. No, I want them to do that with the next monster. I want it to be huge. I want it to be on a pie plate. I want it to be ridiculous. Um, I would also like a foot hero. Um, that like play like like a foot morgast hero type thing or a foot like stalker slash immortus guard type hero that is just like a I know it's like the undesirable kind of crap army slot to have just like a foot slogging hero, but I would really like like some sort of like foot liege liege type unit, some foot something that's designed to uh be sort of like follow around some morgas and stalkers, kind of be a little like a mini blender, uh, like on its own that like just skirmishes around and goes out with a satellite unit and just tries to like just tries to slap stuff around like I want something like that a melee foot assassin yes I'm the one person on the planet asking for a melee foot assassin <laughs> if it's like imagine like a heroified Morgast like that you talked about like the, the angel demons the sort of catholic iconography and all that stuff earlier on like Man, it would be cool if there was like a Morgas just with our new sculpting technology that was like really cool and was named. Please, no more wizards, though. I kind of agree. Um, they could rewrite. It was very weird that there were three wizards and then really only one martial martial hero. I'm I'm not counting the fact that there's a named variant, but right. um, that there was the one leech Cavalos, and that really was it. What I'm saying is, give me a a another unit to put a melee artifact on. Like, yeah. just give me another unit to put a slap a melee artifact on. I want something like that. I do like Mirkainen right now. I think Mirkainen's actually, like, an interesting purchase for the army. I think you were talking about your 400 points of going with your Galthazar Harvester. That's kind of where I put, like, Mirkainen kind of is going in my, in the 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 unit is kind of going in my slot, in, in my sort of pet slot right now. Been playing around with that. Hmm. I haven't, yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to try it, but it seemed interesting based off of what I read. Yeah. Imagine a Chinese-style dragon, but with many legs like a centipede, but its legs are all the crotch skeletons. Yes. Skeletons. Yes. You, 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 you might have said that to be, like, like hyperbolic and, and like, be like, wouldn't this be too weird? No, not too weird. I would love it. I would love that shit. If I have nightmares picking up the sculpt and it's all bones and gnarly... Oh, yes, give it to me. More horror. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so uh, same question. What, what do you want? What's your wish list? You managed to hit everything I wanted. Um, it's, uh, I, I guess, great minds think alike in that respect. Yeah, um, yeah the, the ones that have always been on my mind are... I love a, a proper monster just because I'm... I'm someone who loves centerpiece models. You know, yes. I said I got in on the gosh. So I want like a big bone golem that I can just slap down in the center of the field and kind of smacks things around. Yeah. Um, archers. It, it would be good just for the battle line versatility. Cause yes. right now, um, your, your more tech guard are really your, your only go to, uh, Kevlos death riders have their niche. And I, and I bring along a squad of five. They're great for, outflanking, grabbing objectives, things like that. But mm. for the most part, my more tech or my kind of my core of my army. And ha at least having archers would be a very different niche mm -hmm. uh, that they could fill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, uh, and an on-foot on foot martial lord, because um, it's very odd that they made three wizards and not one martial 
that was on foot. Um, if nothing else, it would be great to have him. And then, you know, he'd be able to be at a little bit of a discount as opposed to the Liege Cavalos. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like when you're you're like, oh, I could take a full Liege Cavalos, but like here's this cheaper, not quite as good thing. Like, cool, whatever. You know, it gives rerolls instead of plus yeah. one attack. Like, you know, or not yeah. necessarily rerolls, a, a Ren debuff or a hit, hit debuff. Whatever it is, something, you know, that says this isn't quite as good as just like straight up plus one attack, but like, or, you know, whatever, like... I don't know. It doesn't have to be on the the high end scale of like the best buffs ever. Just something in the yeah. In the, in the not game. everything. Not everything needs to be new and meta defining. And that's a there. That's where that's what leads into power creep. So right. Sometimes it's just fun. To, it's just fun to have options. Yeah, options and just live within your space, right? Like the, this army has such a strong design core. Um, if you want to go grab another drink, I can easily pad for time and talk to you. No, I'm good. Okay. Um. The, the um. I've already refilled my glass like three times. Uh. The uh. This army has like such a like a strong identity. I think it's really easy to explore space with it without having to redefine it or or re like sort of. This is not an army that needs a re a total revamp, right? Like it's it's already yeah. new and kind of made for the game. It's just three and it have have. There's just a little bit of of lacking. Um, they're just not quite on the same page, and I think it's easy to get them on the same page. Yeah, there, there was a very there's a very clear design intent with them, and I think in second edition the design intent worked because it was designed around that game. Mm-hmm. Um, like you talked about earlier, you know there was when they launched there was so much fear that oh no this is going to be the new broken army that that guy plays and it's going to bust everything open. And the next few tournaments that we got before lockdown, you know they they had a very high representation, but not the not the uh, the rankings you would have expected. Um, and ultimately, like, ultimately they were in a pretty good place. They were, they were very good, but they, um, uh, but they didn't, they didn't crack the meta open quite the same way that, uh, Zinch and, uh, you know, Seraphon were doing at that time. Right. Um, or DOK before it, or uh, Slanesh before it, or Feck before it, like when those real, like, well, I I don't even put the onus on Slanesh in, in terms of that. Feck kind of, that, the, the Always Strikes first meta, that. That was the effect did that, like that redefined the meta, and then Slanesh just want, just said king me right, moved across the board and like in checkers, like in, yeah. Um, so so I I, I credit Flesher Flesher Courts for that last sort of surge in the activation in and that, but they yeah you're right, like Osiric Bone Reapers didn't really like redefine the meta in in any of those main terms. They, they were tough to beat, and if you were bringing your list from before they came out and you didn't have Render Mortar wounds, you're gonna have a bad time. You know, like if you just didn't have those things in your list and you you, yeah. you obstinately were like, no, I'm not changing my list for the new army. I've played this army for three years and it's always been good. Like until that army came out, like just just put the Ren Claw on your stupid Maw Crusher. You'll be able you'll be fine. Like, come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, no, they, they were in a decent spot. The The representation aspect of it. I have a I have a hypothesis here. It hasn't been tested, but but I think we can test this. Death seems to have this migrating ten percent representation, it, and it just seems to displace. So so as an army with or a grand alliance with four armies, uh, the thinnest in in the game, um, mm-hmm. we sort of have this like all the whole game has this what I call like a recency bias where people want to play the new stuff. Death players seem to be pretty hardcore. They want to play death stuff. 
but they'll buy the new death stuff and they just kind of like shift around. So you look at like uh, I think Soulblood Gravelords was sitting at like six or seven percent uh, representation, like yeah. as of the most recent recent statistics. You can watch the number <laughs> shift from Osiric Bone Reaper representation over on to like you. you I, it was just this little thing where I've watched this this sort of migrating ten percent where there's always this like ten uh, odd ten percent that just shifts around in the death numbers. And and Osiric Bone Reapers just kind of caught all of it at the time once, and it was funny. So that's just yeah. I my I got into I got into OBR because at the time Legions of Nagash the book was getting long in the tooth, um, and I wanted something that was a little newer, um, and I didn't get to. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play them much because COVID came so shortly after. But um, I had picked them up. Um, and I think that there's probably a lot of people who are like me who are doing the same thing. Um, they wanted a death army, but they wanted one that was a little more current. Yep. Uh, Night Haunt and Flesh Eater Courts weren't for them. So they went with OCR Bone Reapers. And then now that the Soul Black Grave Lords book is back, and that's pretty much the successor <laughs> to Legions of Nagash. And it's very good. Uh, a lot of those people were probably kind of coming yep. home, coming yep. back to where they oh. were. 100%. That's that's the that's literally the migrating 10% I'm talking about. It's the people who played LON. Uh that book was bad when it came out. I I know it's it's a it's a headline to everyone now in the in the future, but nobody was playing then, so they don't know. That. Well, no, hey, <laughs> it was Ian from from Just Play and me were like two of the only people on the TGA forums like the LON book is bad. It's just like held aloft by two great units and one of them's not even from within their own book. Like it, like it, I'm like this is not a great book. It, it was great fun, but like th- good design and you know what you love. You know, this is the th- there's a difference between the best movie and your favorite movie, right? There's a difference between the best video game and your favorite video game. Like these are two different things. Like it could be your favorite battle tome for a bunch of reasons. It certainly had a lot going on. There's a lot to identify with and like grab onto and just like love. But like from a design, there's so much bloat. The way that they was four different armies and then two other armies because the Grand Alliance was in there as well and Soul Blight specifically but then you also had Legion of Blood and Legion of Night like the way that whole thing came together didn't quite have sub allegiances like it just it, it was it felt like an alpha test for 2.0 and then like it it's a fascinating it is a fascinating book to read in that respect yeah so many baffling design decisions are going on in there uh like you I think what you said uh an alpha test for 2.0 yeah, yeah, it, it it wasn't quite the same as like the, you look at the tomes prior to it, like Sylvaneth, or or you brought up Zinch's sort of first run. It wasn't quite like I like like those ones. It didn't have like terrain in a in a meaningful sense the way that we had seen some some faction terrain up until that point and shortly after with uh with uh, IDK right around the corner because it was Legions of Nagash, uh, D- Daughters of Cain, IDK were all released right in that same run, right? Um. Didn't, you know, you had these little coins you placed on the table. Is it a piece of terrain? No, it's a point in space. We just use this as... You can move through it. And, like, having to give people that whole spiel about grave sites that back then mm-hmm. felt, like, just brain-breaking for people. Uh, like, trying to explain mm-hmm. how our grave sites work to them and they could block them and stop me from summoning my stuff and everyone's shaking their fists at the sky when I'm bringing back a unit. And I'm like, you know, you can just stand on the on the point and then it doesn't come back. It's, like, right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just stand on it or kill my general. It's You can just do either of those things. My general's a necromancer right now. You can just... <sighs> you can just breathe on it. <laughs> like, 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 he's, he's not getting back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Uh, you know uh, anyway so uh yeah there's 
You know, or like, or it's my dragon and I'm throwing my Vlazda into your units trying to clean up so I'm a little bit out of position and I have to retreat back to my gravesite because you're crowding up the one advanced one. Come on. Ah! 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 No. El I don't want to get on my tangent of LON. Anyway, like, so LON felt like it was kind of like, it just, it just was an incomplete thought to me at the time even. I loved it, don't get me wrong, I played yeah. for, like, that was my army for a whole year. I racked up the hardware on it, whatever. Like, that was my army for, for a year. But then, it was like that next GHB right after that book came out, it just... It crippled everything. I remember having going to Midwest Meltdown was was the tournament right after that GHB came out. Would it, would it have been 2018? I think it was GHB 2018. Uh, they, they had upped the cost on Necromancer. They had hit Nagash again in the points. They had they just went around the army and they just kind of like mucked up a bunch of stuff. They, the Grim Gash Reapers shot up. Even even though I wasn't running them, it was like uh, they hit Dire Wolves. They, they went through and like my army didn't function as it was designed. Like, I had to basically buy half of a new army to to work mm -hmm. optimally. And when you do that to somebody where you're like, you have to buy half of a whole new army. Like, I just started playing Friends Armies and my Beast of Chaos for, like, that sort of, like, half a year after that. Like, and then Osiric Bone Reapers come out. So you had people like me, and this could be projection where my hypothesis comes from. That that migrant 10%, that, that the migrating death death friends <laughs> whatever they are whatever whatever nomenclature we give them that that sort of like migratory death like we were like lost souls for like a six-month period and then osiarch bone reapers came out and we literally just bought obr and started playing that so that like the amount of people that were on lon because like first off finally death had a battle tome that was like for them i i kind of crapped on lon but it was like if you weren't on the fleshy to courts plan and you didn't care about spooky ghosts like what else did you play? It was everything else. It had your vampires. It had your skeletons. It had your 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 Mortarks. It had all your other stuff. Um, so yeah, we all played it. Yeah, that was that was that was one of my that was one of the things that I I contemplated a lot um, before Soulblight Gravelords came out because I was like, they put themselves in a weird position because Legions of Nagash. The other weird thing about it was how it was basically just not terrible Grand Alliance death. Like, the fleshier courts were yeah. still separated, but uh, everything else was thrown in there. Uh, and then, for whatever reason, with the Night Haunt, they were like, okay, let's let's throw in any of the Night Haunt that came in the Soul Wars box. But only those ones. Only those ones will be added. Um, and so, I remember with the Night Haunt tome, I'm like, well, now you have this problem where you have the Legions of... You have a book called The Legions of Nagash, but it's not all the Legions of Nagash. The Night Haunts are over here. Uh, and then the OCR Bone Reapers came out same thing it's like okay now it's no longer the legions of nagash because they're over here now um and so i think the soul like grave lords you know it it was a it was an elegant solution to take out the ghosts and make them night haunts thing mm -hmm. uh and then they took out the more ghosts and archon and put them into obr um it gives each army a distinct theme a thing that they can own um rather than this grab bag that legions of nagash was Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I still think there's one blind spot in in the army, and I'm not going to say tomb kings, but um, it's death mages. I think there needs to be a like if we get a new death book down the line, it, assuming it's not something like totally out of left field, which I'd be fine with too. Like Osiric Bone Reapers are kind of out of left field for me. I know they said that it was like the tomb king's spiritual successor, and maybe they started at like on their whiteboard. They're like, okay, we need a tomb king's army for AOS, and they wrote tomb kings on the left side of it, 
And then by the time they got mm-hmm. to the other side, it wasn't A, B, C. They weren't just like three tiers deep. They they landed somewhere else. For me, that's my read on it. I I am one of the the mods for uh, the Cinderfall Gaming Facebook group, and we have questions when you join that group. Not that you have to answer. Like we still let people in if they don't answer it, but it was just enough to screen bots mm-hmm. basically. Like as you see, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um. It's the only Cinderfall gaming group that has the questions to join, by the way, which is funny, and that's my direct influence. So you know, I'm a monster and a gatekeeper. Um, the uh, one of the questions is, is like, why are you playing this army, or what got you interested in, in Osiric Bone Reapers? And a lot of people still say, like identify as like, well, I like Tomb Kings in, in Total Warhammer, and so I want to play them over here. But Tomb King Tristan in, in here is like, for me, Tomb. I, I the only opinion I need on on Tomb Kings is Tristan's. And uh, you know, there's there's a couple other other folks out there that I defer to in like Australia and, and very like I've got a regional Tomb King representative that I'll consult with essentially, uh, and uh, and I was good to have. Yeah, you got to have. Yeah, um, and uh, for me, it didn't. They didn't. They didn't land on Tomb Kings. And when I talked to Tristan, you know, he's in agreement. Um, it, but so you know anyway so uh, not tomb kings that's not the that's not the take that's not where i'm going if you want to modify your army to be tomb kings tomb king obr power to you that's one of the things that make this game great but for me it's death mages the sort of like liches and their creations and their like the pure necromancy aspect of it where mm-hmm. where it's you know what kind of radical like corpse and bone and gnarly death constructs can be made with all the like reanimated dead and yeah we've got zombies because vampires are a little they're they're necromancy light the thing that soulblight gravelord did for me i think they did really well is with uh, by, with the addition of avenger eye and and Virkos to like the shuffle they really fleshed out what vampires are in specifically age of sigmar I know what a vampire is in Twilight. I know what a vampire is in Vampire the Masquerade. Like, I know what a vampire is in Drac- Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, like, cool, I saw, you know, like, you can see people just love to do this thing. Where they're like, well, my vampires are like this, but different. Like, AOS asserted, like, no, these are vampires. This is Soul Blight. And I thought that that was a really yeah. cool cool move. Be my Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, mummies, yeah, mummies are missing. I think mummies can show up in Death Mage real easy. Because for me, it's like the rampant death magic. That's the thing I want to see. If they go, they crank it to 11, they do the, uh, you know, they they do the KO thing where they just, like, oh, you thought these were dwarves. Here's Aether Punk Cloud Dwarves, hyper-capitalist dwarves with constitutions and stuff. Like, if they do that with Death Mages, hell yeah, I'm for it. If they're like Clan Scryer meets Clan Mulder but death, Hell yeah, go crazy. I don't, but I I think that's the the missing spot, is is that and, I mean it, it raises an interesting question for Archon because Archon's, you know, Legion is gone. It's not gone in the lore. He's still a Mortark. He's not the Mortark of the of 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 uh, of Osiark Bone Reapers. He got Null Myriad as a yeah. gift. He's Mortark of, uh, uh, he's the Sacrament. sacrament. Where's the sacrament right now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mummy could be the priest. Yeah, death doesn't have priests. It's the only faction without priests, which is super weird because there's no death clerics out there like worshiping death. There's no no one doing last rites and rituals and stuff. Like, there's no not none of them anywhere. Yeah, like, I that was one of my favorite eccentricities in Soul by Gravelords because Nagash had that 
keyword for the longest time, but it didn't do anything. And I always found it weird that it was there. And they took it out a couple moments before it actually would do something. Magos uh, Magos here is uh, called me out. Uh, I feel seen. You want flesh golems from from the Forsaken in Warcraft? I, I do want flesh golems from the Forsaken. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I want. I want flesh gnarly ass flesh golems and uh, like the necromancers who will them around. I want the like the the mortal cultists who worship death. You know, like I like yeah. that's what I want. That I want that faction. I want the death mages faction. I want basically. I think that... Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just that also enlightens like one of my favorite one of my favorite elements of the Age of Sigmar lore has been like um, how these planes like usually in when you start coming into elemental planes, people start doing a D and D thing where like oh these are inhospitable, uh, it's pure fire or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that Age of Sigmar has said that you know these eight realms are you know that's that's what it is now, but. Uh, mortals are going to continue to do their thing one way or another. And I love how, like, you know, even in Shaiish, which is filled with death magic, there's still mortal humans living there and sort of the insight into how living in these different realms changes people and their, um, their, uh, their culture. And that's been one of the coolest parts that they've been exploring with age of Sigmar in the past couple months. There's There's a very philosophical sort of humanist, like story to be told in it all isn't there like a really sort of a deeply philosophical like what does it mean if you take a human and you put them in these conditions you know like you know are we still human what makes us human is at the core of like a lot of great philosophy is like what makes us human right like why why you know why do we exist and you can you can tell these deeply philosophical grounded stories through the the story of wacky dragons and death gods and you know uh giants who want to steal all your stuff like (laughs) <laughs> I mean, those are the most fun ways to tell those stories about what it means to be human, right? Like, why does Jack... That's, that's been... Yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry, that's that's been my favorite uh, thing about, you know, Age of Sigmar in general, is somehow it's taken this thing where there's so many disparate tones and uh, so many wild... Uh, so many wild things that happen on such an epic scale... And yet somehow it all comes together and just kind of works. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it shouldn't, but it yeah. does work. Yeah. Uh, and that's been one of the most like exciting things to explore about the, the universe. Right, right. And uh, like like what you said, like seeing them all live there. Like Shyish, humans live in Shyish. The notion of like living with your dead great-grandpa, who's like just a ghost now and chilling out. <laughs> like it's such a cool idea. Where are the humans that are growing up in that setting? You know, like where... like. Yeah. Like what? What is you know? Like okay, you've got like all your ancestral knowledge that built the the city of the dead that you live in, and you're just like you're going to work or whatever that that might be. Like is it like oh man, I gotta go punch in at the church of Nagash and like worship him so he gets extra soul energy. Like whatever it is. Like like you know, I don't know what that looks like. I I have ideas of how I would write some cool stories, but like I I want to see what that looks like to the designers of Age of Sigmar who have quite frankly, really good visual storytelling. I think the best in the business, which is why I think so many people gravitate towards our game. It's it's the models. The visual storytelling is just, it's, 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 it's fantastic. What does that look like for the humans of, of, of Shyish, you know, or the various death cults? So, I mean, another good analog might be, uh, tech priests of Mars, you know, of, uh, what are they called? Admech, 
Adeptus Mechanicus. Yeah. Take out the technology. That's that's death necro- necrified limbs and bones and shit. Boom. Like another way of like what death priests might might be like. So, yeah, I I I had to get on my soapbox here for a minute. Bring me one more death army. That's what I want. I'm greedy. Give me all the death armies. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. If Home Depot can send, sell a twelve foot skeleton, I think death can get a giant skeleton outside of Laotian. <laughs> Preferably red, because red is the strongest of skeletons. We all know this. Well, that's, all that's, video that's games just are science. Yeah, that's science. That's science, science. Yeah, science. Uh, 30 years of science and 36 years of science and video games have taught me that red skeletons are the most powerful skeletons. Um, For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, catching back up here. TK were dope. Uh, I'd love non-TK affiliated mummies. I think that would be really good. Uh, I agree with you there, Manzac. Mummy Hero, by way of uh, uh, Karen, Wraith, or Banshee. Just someone shambling and cursing also would take a unit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm on board with it. It sounds like everyone's kind of in, in consensus here. Um, vampire Mummy. When it bites you, you yeah. become a mummy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, we wishlisted on, on Ossiarch Bone Reapers, uh, State of Death. Do you think Age of Sigmar is... How, like I'm looking over at like getting started. I'm looking over at 3.0, sort of the journey of like Goonhammer really coming into prominence with Age of Sigmar content. Do you think 3.0 is a good point point to get in as a totally new player? Like, I've I've had this for I guess to put my bias on the line here. Um, I've had this like suspicion sneaking around, or not suspicion. I'm curious: Are we too bloated? Is there too many mechanics? Is it too difficult to learn? Like, what what is what's your pers- perspective on this? Is it a good time to get into AOS? I think so. Um, I I do think that because there was a lot of concern with the new command abil- the new generic command abilities, especially because they're reactive, um, which uh, is very difficult for I think for a new person. Um, learning when to react to certain things can be a challenge because you're trying to remember all this stuff that trying to pull that particular nugget of knowledge out at the exact second you need it isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think the game is still more accessible than 40k, uh, at least from a list-building perspective. Okay. Um, it's sort of a little more clear about, regard almost in most armies, it's a little more clear about, okay, this is, I need to take this and this and this mm-hmm. uh, in order to have something that works, um, and you don't have to fiddle around with uh, uh, detachments. Um, you can just kind of, as long as you fulfill your requisite units, you can go right in. Um, I think the command abilities, you might need to like kind of ease people into that one because it is an extra lot to learn. Um, but I think that Age of Sigmar sort of streamlines the onboarding process a little bit because a lot of your a lot of the stuff that you need to remember is going to be based off of the units that you take. Mm-hmm. Uh, the command abilities that That's an interesting the command abilities outside of your generic the command abilities outside of your generic faction stuff are going to be tied to the war scrolls that you brought. Um, so your it's instead of like 40k's method where it drops a whole bunch of stratagems on top of you and says remember all of these or be able to refer to these when you need them uh you're you're sort of given a smaller pool of stuff that um is just based off of the units that you took which kind of helps make an association with them Mm -hmm. like I can I can remember this guy does this and this guy does this and so I want to kind of keep them together and right. I think that helps build those links in your mind about 
the best ways to uh, remember what stuff does in the moment. Right. Um, I suppose the only thing I think that Age of Sigmar has tried to chase and still hasn't quite got quite gotten is that I think the game falls apart at lower point values more than 40k does. Um, that, that and seems if you're if you're playing a 1k game like. I, a lot of it has to do with the fact that because in Age of Sigmar you're buying units in bulk, you're not buying per model. Um, uh, each each unit you bring is a huge chunk of your army in 1k. Um, and um, and uh, so that loss can be devastating, especially if you end up going second on the first round and somebody just shoots something off the board. Um, but at the same time, I think those 1k games are necessary necessary for the ease of learning for a newbie. Yeah. Uh, they attempted they attempted to sort of counterbalance this with meeting ag- engagements in second edition that didn't really work. Right. Um I'd love something that makes the onboarding process earlier uh, easier because for someone who's new to the hobby and you know hasn't gotten an opportunity to even know if this is the game they want to play. Right. Uh, you can't you can't ask them to go out and buy 2000 points of models in order to see what the game's really like. Right. But I also, it doesn't sit with me well that if you play a 1,000 point game, you're not necessarily going to get a, a good idea of what the game's like. Um, Very fair. And Warcry is a totally different the game thing. Fun- yeah, like. yeah, Warcry is even different from from Age of Sigmar than Kill Team is from 40k. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just a totally different game. Um, no, no, you're, you're right. Like, I mean, I, I don't have any answers for, for any of that, by the way. I, I, but it is... I, I, I'm going back to like just sort of resetting the the thing I said earlier on, where when I started playing like Warhammer Fantasy Battle with my my friend Sam, it was like I had just an assortment of of stuff that I liked or could afford, right? And, yeah, sure. And we just kind of had to like make up a game to play via some. I don't think they were called battle plans then. They're they little things that came in White Dwarves, like little iconic battles and stuff, right? Like, um, and when we just went back, you know, we had to do stuff like that. Like, I wonder if maybe something akin to that, but codified, could work. Like, Games Workshop just releases little 500-point, like, story battles or something that represents the game mechanically more in a one-to-one manner at a low scale than yeah. these other whacked-out games. Because, like, I mean, this is an objective game, and table size being able to spread your models out to like contest objectives you're not playing age of sigmar if you're just pushing your models and fighting stuff right like it's yeah how how to get people to like internalize that as they're collecting their army i played a lot with empty bases i played i had Haywo who had multiple armies even 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 back then uh he had his mixed order. He had Beast of Chaos, and he, or sorry, Beast Claw Raiders, and he had like an entire Stormcast army, uh, which he he probably like keeps on the down low. No one wants to remember him as a dirty Stormcast player. No, he just he just won it. He had like his whole Stormcast army. Um, so that's what I practice on. I practice on Stormcast, but I parachuted in. Here's a two thousand point army, uh, and then he broke the game down. Sort of like this game, we're just going to kind of focus on like movement and objectives, and this game, we're going to like worry about like you know, Battleshock and all this. And he just kind of broke it down. I play tons of games. It's easy for me to pick up new games. There's that sort of half-life of getting e- games getting easier and easier the more you play, right? But, you know, what about my what about my kids? You know, my kids threw dice for the first time ever at Bruce City Brawl, just like someone letting them roll hits hits and, and saves, right? Like, um, how do how do I help them get into this game? How do, What if I... 
I, I do a lot of time. I spend a lot of time talking about Age of Sigmar on a podcast. Someone asked me, okay, well, what's a good place to start? I'm like, uh, buy a whole army and play 2000 points. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you know, helping us facilitate getting people into this game. Warcry doesn't feel like a, a for me, it doesn't feel like a good way to get people to play it. It, it that feels no. like such a separate game. No, it's, it's basically a separate game that just happens to use the same models. Excuse me one minute. Um, I must close my door. These dogs are going to continue to bark. Oh, absolutely. Let's see what the chat has to say. Hi, chat. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, uh, it's good to get people in uh, getting into war game as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that is a little bit of a decent concession there, D six for like Warcry or or whatever. It's easy enough for your family members to play. Sa shamelessly shill Goonhammer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, Goonhammer, 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 Goonhammer dot com. Yep. Go to it, everybody. Um, the best the best site you'll ever read. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um. um uh. But no, I think you. I think you. You came on to an interesting point, though, too. That in addition to you know needing to, it, it can be very difficult to learn how to play unless you have the models. But how do you know you like the game before you, without buying models first? Right. Um. So um, it would be it would be an interesting thing if there could be like a, a more streamlined tutorial, like introducing new mechanics, uh, gradually. I think that the uh, if you buy any of the two player box sets, you know they tend to come with a little story mode that walks you through it but it doesn't quite adequately do that i would love a little more generic like a video game tutorial like game one in order to move your units you measure from here to here yeah um and uh yeah and just like because it's it's so overwhelming and i think i think as players who've done this for a long time we've internalized a lot of the rules uh take really take for granted how complicated it is yes um and since it's a competitive game um you're you're probably going to lose a lot too when you learn and that can be de demoralizing yeah. uh unless you've got unless you've got you know supportive friends and that's sort of the other problem unless you have a good tutor um yeah. it's also a very difficult game to learn so you know how, how to expand that branch a little bit is that dissimilar from from RPGs, like, do you need a good tutor no. to get into like a, a tabletop RPG? You know, uh... no, I think I think you do. Um, especially, the, I think RPGs very much the same. Um, with RPGs and also war games too, I guess there's like there's certain kind of people who are good at reading rule books. Yeah. They can kind of go through real quick and like internalize how it works real quickly and be like, all right, I'm good to go. There are other people who need to learn by example. Uh, have someone who knows the rules teach them how to do it mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of the people um that i've seen come into role-playing games need to have like a, a a a teacher kind of explain to them it's like okay well now it's time for you to make a skill check so what you're going to do is you're going to roll one of these right. dice and add this number um they almost never have read the book um or they've until... read like, they've read a class that they liked you know, yeah, they they read they maybe maybe they read the fluff, maybe read a few abilities, said, "Oh, that sounds cool," but they don't necessarily know how it works mechanically, 
And ironically, I find the people that refer to the book the most are actually the ones who already know the game, and they just need to know exactly how an ability works. Right. Um, it's it's great for people who need to know the nitty gritty of the writing, but it's it's not always the best tool for learning, and uh, right. depending on the person. Right. Right. So, I, like, I I mean, this is. I think why there's like a, a physical resurgence with with tabletop gaming, RPGs, board games, war games. Like we're, we're seeing a resurgence, and it's been going strong for about a decade now of just like sort of record profits. Games Workshop is you can look at them as a microcosm. It's across the board, uh, pun intended. Like board games sure. are just the the sort of board game market, broadly speaking, is just really hot and has been. I think almost correlating not costly, obviously, correlating with the sort of like digital migration, this this alienation that we, the soul sickness this generation has of feeling more and more alienated from means, more and more alienated from each other. Like, we are ironically lonely, despite how more connected we are than we've ever been. And so I think that's caused people to sort of seek out reconnecting in a physical sense. And tabletop games is a great way to do that. We can't forget the human element in that right the tutor yeah. me mentality you talk about but some people are you know some gms are great great at teaching people games but not necessarily great at running games right like yeah you know so, some you know i i don't think i'm a particularly great teacher of rpgs i think i'm a great gm but like if you give me a brand new never never rolled a, a dice before in their life player who's like a 20 something year old i met him in college and they heard i'm a nerd and now i have to teach them an rpg like I don't think I'm great for that. Like, I, I usually have, like, a player at the table, luckily, that's pretty good at, like, teaching someone who's new. I've taken for granted some of the people who have been in my games that, like, I underestimated the level of RPG that they'd had. And I didn't... Exp and just kind of, like, it was, you know, baptism by fire or whatever, or trial by fire, where they're just, like, thrown in and, like, here you go and now. Yeah. Some people thrive under that. I, I don't think there's an, there's a good... I don't think there's a good way to do that in Warhammer. I don't think throw. No. I think that's the fastest way to 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 get people to not like Age of Sigmar is to just be like, okay, buy two thousand points, play it, and then just they get freaking tabled. You got to yeah. have a real specific personality type that's even mm -hmm. more extreme than that cooperative player in the co-op game getting thrown into the deep end. You got to have yet yeah. an even different mindset and i think it goes on to like reinforce a different mindset in those players who end up in those situations you go to a you go to a local game store uh you like you you spend time in a community like this hanging out online talking to reading goonhammer you've read your getting started section on goonhammer you've watched some Rantcast. you've seen warhammer weekly you've done the whole thing and now it's time to take your 2000 point army that you've been lovingly painted you've obsessed over the fluff you've spent all your time on various forums talking about how cool the lore is for this thing having questions about the rules, like getting them kind of wrong, like getting really over, overly invested in how correct you are about the rules in a game you haven't played yet. Now it's time to go to the LGS and you go there and you just get destroyed by pick a timetable or a time period and what the army was at the time that was the most hated. That is the exact army that is there at the store. That's the one that destroyed you. You will forever hate that army now. Like a lot of people are going to walk away from AOS like yeah yeah um uh the story you're telling just there that children is called dramatic irony um but uh no i i, I hear you um and it, it sort of uh rolls into it i don't want to necessarily say meta because i'm not talking about the meta exactly right um but the certain interplay between armies is not something that the book can teach you 
Right. Uh, the book can teach you how to play your army, and it might be able to tell you how your opponent's works, but it doesn't tell you how it's going to look on the table and what happens uh, when you push those two armies against each other. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes it'll be fine, sometimes it won't, sometimes it's lack of experience, yeah. and sometimes it's just a bad matchup. Yeah. Um, but whatever reason it might be, uh, it's, it's, uh, if you want to get, if you, it's that, that's where it starts to come in about, you know, what do you want out of this game? Right. Uh, if you want to become a, a circuit player who goes to GTs and plays a lot of games that, that a lot of that involves just slamming your head against the desk over and over again until something clicks. Yeah. And that is an, that is an uncomfortable notion for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it makes you better or not if if you are the type of person who can do that not by any means it's just a certain type of person right if someone is there for you know the more narrative aspect uh or the camaraderie that comes with being in a group um you have to sort of uh set different expectations for them um and they um you know it tends ends up being uh two ways i see that people deal with it either they don't like playing with strangers which is unfortunate because it doesn't expand your circle or they lose a lot and they're and they're okay with that mm -hmm. and uh i i have to give people like that extra credit too because certainly i get demoralized and i lose a lot so the type of people that can lose a lot and be like hey i had a good time i uh i give them credit yeah yeah no i i, I get salty like i uh, folks have seen salty meth come out during like my bloodborne or bloodborne uh that happens too but Blood Bowl streams, like, where I'm, like, playing Blood Bowl on, <laughs> online, and I'm just, like, I just get... Blood Bowl is just asking for trouble. Oh, that. my gosh. It's it's different. Like, uh, so, like, XCOM is frustrating in and of itself. If the AI is another person, and the AI is also... or And the RNG from XCOM is also against you, it it is... The only thing more frustrating than that is League of Legends. But, like, the, the, the XCOM dice meets a competitive other real life thinking breathing human oh like so, salty math is rare form like like um no I, I i like if i lose certain game like there are certain games usually i get the saltiest when i beat myself um because it's like i can do like i don't care about dice dice are gonna dice you uh it's like when i'm like i made a mistake and the dice are against me it'll compound the stress or if, if i yeah. if i make a stupid decision because i'm like i the pressure to I was talking to a, uh, one of my friends, uh, Ty, does the, the uh, Playing and Slaying podcast, and he was helping out at Bruce City Brawl, uh, Milwaukee tournament. Um, I saw you did coverage of, of, uh, of, I think it was Circle City Clash, so, like, awesome, by the way. Uh, I doubt the 3,000-point event, <laughs> Bruce City Brawl will get coverage because it's a 3,000-point event. Um, but I was talking to Ty about, like, now that, like, I don't, I am not Haywo or Warhammer Weekly you know, uh, like I'm not on that level at all, but I have a show at all. Most of my audience is from the Midwest, you know, which are my stomping grounds for tournaments. I feel added pressure. Ty and I were talking about this. I feel added pressure to like perform at events now, like to yeah. work. Like I, ha like I have to be on, like, I, I don't just have to be a good sport in the communal sense of age of Sigmar. I don't just have to be a, like, like, you know, like general good member of the community. Now I have to be a good version of Mephisto, the person that you watch every couple weeks and for a couple hours while you paint your models. And I've got to show that like, I can back up the knowledge I bring to my show in play. I can't have an off day of just forgetting a rule. You know, I can't, it, it yeah. and I know that's my pressure on me, 
And oh, Ty okay. and I were talking about that, and it's just like, I don't even know how the, what, what led me down this path. But Ty and I were talking about that, and, he, and, and he's like, it's, it's getting harder and harder to play in tournaments now because that pressure to be on on, like, two levels now is, is different. And that has nothing to do with the topic at hand, so I apologize. No, I think, it's, I think it was uh, because I kind of steered into, you know, talking about what people want out of the game and what they're looking for and what that sort of means about how they handle loss. And yeah. um, because loss is an inevitable part of the game. It's something we don't like, but it's something we have to tolerate. And it's how you're going to work with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, going back to the, going back uh, towards getting new people in, because clearly more people are getting in than ever. The game is more successful than it's ever been, thank, thankfully. Um, mm -hmm. And um, but uh, I think the, the answer will always be having the best teacher. Um, but, you know, like any teacher, uh, teachers have teaching tools. Right. And is there something we can do to give better teaching tools um, to people bringing new people in? Uh, Magos asks, speaking of events, are you either are either of you going to Adepticon? If so, what army are you looking at? I will be at Adepticon, but I will be a judge for the uh, GT, oh. uh, helping out uh, Brendan the TO with that event. So I won't be playing. I might I might play in the doubles. If I play in the doubles, I will probably play with Haywo. Uh, he's going to play Beast Claw Raiders. Uh, I will probably play Oops All Wolves. <laughs> Fear Coast Dynasty. Just like, I'm just going to push Radiker the base and a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon uh, forward with... Uh, I, I haven't run the math on, on a thousand points yet. But I'm betting I can fit about that, and then it's just wolf spam, because uh, the Vlazda plus plus Radiker is going to be enough. I I need to fit in Belladama. I'm not going to fit in Belladama. Like narrator, he could not fit in Belladama. <laughs> like uh, like it, you you don't get a Vlazda and and Belladama plus uh, uh plus Radiker. But I always play like double super like. Me at peak wanting to have the most fun. Like, like it's just... It, doubles are just like a... It's such a different meta and such a different play style. You just line up stupid crap and have fun, right? Like, but... Um, what about yourself? I am also going to Adepticon. I have my rooms. Don't necessarily know the events. I know I will be in the GT. There's no question about that. Um, whether I'm involved in a doubles or a team tournament uh, remains to be seen. I will probably keep on sticking to OBR. Um, I've kind of tossed in my head about pulling Zinch out. Um, I have the models. Um, I need to work on them. But um, I, I've, I've grown very attached to my OBR, and I'd like to try and see how far I can get them. I like that. Yeah, you you mentioned something. This is this is off stream in our like Illuminati AOS Illuminati chat. Um, you you mentioned like kind of making the decision early on in 3.0 to kind of like commit to an army for like a year and you, you just happen to choose Ossiarch Bone Reapers. And um, I respect it. I respect it. Do you want to like elaborate on that or what the thought process was? Or, or have you set any like goalposts to meet with that? Like temporally or, or if there's hardware, like a record, like what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so uh, I um. <sighs> In second edition, I had pretty bad faction ADD. It was ping ponging around a lot, um, and um, I have a few people I know who are also in the, sort of that boat. 
And I actually realized how frustrating that ends up being for like to be on the other side of it, ironically, Interesting. Um, because uh, a particular person that I know, as much as I enjoy playing with him, he almost never has an army ready to go because he's always in transition to a new army. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized kind of how frustrating that was. And I saw, you know, following some of the some streamers and things like that, you know, the advice was that you need to you have to play one army a lot and focus on that one army. Some players have two or three, um, but in general, you want to focus on a small pool. And if you want to get good, you got to focus on that. And that was sort of my goal. Um, yeah, the hashtag get good enough as, as it's called around yeah. the chat gang. <laughs> like, yeah. And, it's... and, and getting better at the game has become my prerogative at this point. Um, because I can feel like I'm capable of more, but just the, the pieces don't always move into place, uh, when actually playing, but that's, that comes from, you know, doing your reps and just getting used to the flow of the army. Yeah. Um, well, it but, also uh, gives you a, it also gives you a sort of control group for learning other people's armies. Like it's it's mm. which is which is a lesser sure. sort of appreciated aspect of playing your one army. Um, you get yeah. to unlock different layers of knowledge about the game when you have sort of a fixed point to start viewing everything from. If you're constantly in yeah. flux, and you're not like, so you're not so focused on trying to remember what your army does. You're able to look at what your opponent is doing and being like, ah, that's interesting. Yes. Yes. Um. So. Um. I got OBR for the plan was to get it for Adepticon in 2019 um, before I got canceled. Um, And so my first event that I went to was ACO this past year. Um, The last big tourney I was able to go to for second edition. um, And I brought my Osiric Bone Reapers. And I ended up going two and three. Um, I feel like I could have done better. Um, there were a lot of things that I just, it, it just came from being really rusty from not being able to play regularly for the past year and a half. Yeah, yeah. But that was sort of a turning point where I was like, I, I'm, I feel like I want to do better than this. So, nice. um, so I've been, um, I decided that, you know, I'm going to stick to one army and regardless of what happens, I'm going to stick to that army. Uh, and I chose OBR before third in some ways. I regret that for the reasons we've discussed, but you know, I, I put in my time painting them and learning their their sort of flow, and I've come to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, so I, I'm going to keep on that. And if I can push myself to get that 4-1 at a GT, uh, I'd be very happy. That's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, for like I I like that. Um, I, I don't know how how your your view is on this, and you can certainly like sort of weigh in. I like thinking of performance not necessarily in terms of how you you fall in the overall ranks. There's a lot of I don't want to call it luck, but there's a lot of factors that go into whether your four and one score ends up best death versus someone else's four and one score. But if you walk away with a if you look at it in terms of three and two, four and one, five oh, you can get some very useful I guess like sort of mental utility out of that for yourself. You can there's a validation in going three and two, four and one, five oh that are all kind of irrespective of the specific rank. I know a lot of people, I, I, this isn't like a, a, a dig on like ranks or, or how tournaments sort themselves, but for sure. j- just giving yourself sort of like a pat on the back when you're like, okay, I, I want to go four and one as a more realistic goal than I want to win best death per se. Right. Which is yeah. ironic because you could win a best death on a three and two with paint scores and sports scores. <laughs> um, 
But if the goal is to win games, you got to set a goal that is more align in line with that, which would be I want to go four and one. That might be a little bit of a different goal than I want to win a best death, right? Because now you got to bring yeah. the painting together. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's that's healthy. So, uh, so are you sticking with them until you get that four and one, or is it like I got to Adepticon and see how I'm doing? We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I might go to I might I might switch before Adepticon. Um, Adepticon is a pretty liberal... that's a, that's a ways off. Yeah, yeah, it's a ways off, and they have a pretty liberal. Uh, deadline for turning in lists so i got plenty of time to think about it think about how i want to go about it right right okay cool um and, and just while you're t mentioning aco run by martin orlando right the atlantic city open um yes how was the event like oh it was wonderful um was I, I know what he said it. about the event but you wouldn't ask caesar about caesar um <laughs> how did the event go yeah from your perspective yeah uh no it was great especially for a first time event i was i was amazed how smooth everything was um, had a great time, met some great people, um, and I'm definitely going to go back next year. Um, for someone who lives in the Northeast, it's, uh, the Northeast, it can be difficult to find good GTs. It's not as kind of, uh, they don't pop up as often as they do, like in the Midwest. Um, and when I saw ACO, a, a GT of that size within a day's drive, mm -hmm. um, was uh was very nice to see and uh it was worth it was worth going and i'm definitely gonna go next year yeah that one and summer slaughter are like kind of like i think the two premier events in that in that area right now so uh yeah. base, basement wargaming does summer slaughter i i've heard some inside baseball from the outsider perspective uh sort of speak uh on like the sort of northeast america scene or the, on how like just it's so, so much interplay I don't want to call it drama, but like just just the nature of like 40k and like the various like sort of you know I don't want to call it factions or whatever, but like the just it's just been very difficult to like get people on the same page to play games out there, and so I'm I'm glad in this last year, in spite of all things, we got to see uh, two sort of like very solid GT showings. I think Summer Slaughter was like what around 50 people too. Like that's that's pretty decent for a quarantine event. Uh, uh, Mentaro says I had no idea what was going on at ACO, but I was happy to be there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, excellent. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, so um yeah, well I, I hope if you, if you do make it out to Ad Adept, well, you've got the room you said. So when you make it out to Adapticon, yep. we'll have to we'll have to I'll have to buy you a, a sugar free uh, Coke or, or or beer if you're if you're a beer person. Uh, yeah. Um. We'll have, to, we'll have to talk. Um, so, we got Goonhammer here. Um, only a couple topics. Uh, one, one that uh, we kind of brought up and then we got off of. So, AOS yeah. 3.0. Uh, you think it's solid state, good time to get into the game. Uh, you've done a lot of like uh, sort of meta analysis on it. In terms of the health of the meta, do you think that the, the our poor Ossiarch Bone Reapers are falling. Feel like they're lagging behind a yeah. little bit. But overall, the health of the meta. How do you feel about it? Uh, I I think actually it's in a better place than a lot of people give it credit for. Uh, I think the Godhammer problem, as it's been called, um, where sort of the Archaeons and the Marathis of the world dominate a lot of it, that is a problem and it needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, if you look at the different armies that are winning there's so there's actually fair a fair number of paths to victory 
right. um, in terms of, uh, you know, it's, I think it's healthier than 40k is right now, where it's a very Drakari Advec meta. Um, I'd like to see uh, the Godhammer problem addressed in whatever way it was. I'm not really smart enough to figure out exactly how I would say to address that. And also kind of find ways to bring up the armies who are not doing as well. Um, mostly because it feels better to bring up somebody than it does to tear somebody down. Um, and, um, a lot of the, a lot of the armies that are doing best, I find is like, is the ones that are able to break the game in some way. There's movement shenanigans, you know, in like Lumineth Realm Lords with the foxes, um, and I think that the for that reason the new dragon riders and stormcast are going to be big because they can move and charge in the hero phase. Um, a lot of the best armies are the ones that like get to skirt around the the core rules of the game, mm-hmm. and that's that's always been a thing. So it's not actually all that different from the way things were before, in my opinion. Um, I think that. If we could just kind of balance things out a little bit more towards the lower end, uh, it would be in a much much happier place. But overall, it's not it's not the worst that the arm that the uh, game's been. And considering how we just transitioned from one edition to another, it's pretty impressive. Since there's only, I mean, at this point, technically, there's not any new battle tomes on the market. They don't go up till Saturday. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's yeah. I mean, battle tomes are your opportunity to like easily remix the meta again. Um, there's I like your I like I love your perspective on bringing up the bottom. Like I really do. I think you know bringing up the. I mean that could be a freaking life lesson. Bring you know bringing up the the, the them's that need it is feels a lot better than it does like tearing down down things. I, I love that perspective. Um, the other aspect of it with Age of Sigmar is if you're tearing down the people at the top all the time, you're not necessarily addressing the problems that are keeping things in the dregs. You know, mm-hmm. um, and furthermore, when you're tearing armies down. Uh, maybe there's an army in the bottom that can equalize them. Could be a thing. Uh, the other aspect is like you're now messing with my money and my my toys, and don't mess with my money and my toys. Yeah, I bought yeah. this army on the promise of I was going to be able to do this thing that you said I was going to be able to do with the battle tome that I purchased and the like faction focus you released and the warcom articles, and now I don't get to do that. Like, ask every Heed Knights of Slanesh player. Over the past year and a half, the roller coaster so. they've been on. I mean, even if you yeah. you take you even if you take power out of the equation, right? Like how well the army was performing, that army yeah. went through the most drastic changes in a one year span than perhaps any other army before. And so. and, and, and I find like Iron Jaws would be the only other one that had that much change. Go on. Yeah, and and going off your point, I find people are they're upset about the power drop for sure, but yeah, they're more upset about the fact that the that the uh, the thing that the army did that they liked no longer gets to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and if that thing's broken, sure, you do need to change it. But people want to be able to feel like that the the general feel and gist of the army is remaining the same, even if the exact toolkit isn't exactly the same. Right. Uh, and that's and that's been the bad feel for Slanesh. It's yeah. they they feel like you know their their army's been completely changed on them, and now they've been sold something that they didn't intend to buy. Well, you you just you just like sort of hammered, uh, like like sort of hammered home a, a, an opinion on Osiric Bone Reapers at the beginning. Like, 
Like, a lot of us are on board with Relentless Discipline as a mechanic. We don't want it to go away completely. Or at least I don't. I don't want to speak for you. Um, I don't want to go... I, like, I'm on board with Relentless Discipline. It's just, like, the thing I was on board with doesn't feel as... It doesn't feel the same as it used to. I don't need to have a completely different set of rules, but I would, like... I want my I want my snowflake powers back. I want to feel the generalship, right? Um, yeah. So that brings us to, to like the only I, I I don't know like the 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 proud nail of of this I think this discussion um, artifacts. <laughs> this is the one thing I said we'd circle back to. Uh, you mentioned yeah. the, the uh, not the doppelganger's cloak. Uh, you mentioned a zinch artifact early on. If you want to just kind of reset that real quick and. Yeah, the, this, this was before a lot of people logged on. I said that one of the things that drew me into Age of Sigmar was the Paradoxical Cloak. Um, was uh, the Paradoxical Cloak because its thing, and they've managed to preserve that, was that the plus two the saves, which you have to reroll your saves. Uh, I love goofy shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the things that drew me into Age of Sigmar because it, it told me a little bit about the tone of this game, what it was like. Um and, and I think the direction you're kind of going with that is that, you know, maybe we've kind of lost some of that over time. And, you know, is is that a bad thing? Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't want to do any prescriptive judgments here. Ask the philosophical yeah, question. And you see, this used to be that that paradoxical cloak kind of used to be the a little bit more the norm for artifacts. Right now, we're seeing a lot of very straightforward, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of boring artifacts. Yeah. Um I don't know if this is a thing good, thing bad situation, but yeah. I do miss wacky artifacts. Um. Yeah, um, I think... So, I think what happened was as the game has shifted away, because Age of Sigmar, its inherent design seemed to be antithetical to uh, competitive play. G GW seemed to be going for that for whatever reason, and I'm not sure if that was the most productive way of looking at it. But they seem to be going for a much more casual, pick up a few models, throw them down, and have a good time type game, which is why there weren't any points. The rules were four pages long or whatever. Uh, and then over time, you know, they realized they kind of needed more codified rules. So they did introduce artifacts, but they were much more... They didn't introduce that kind of stuff, but it was much more fun and laid back. Um, another Zinch one that comes to mind is um, uh, how the changeling used to work versus how he works now. Um his original thing uh, are you familiar uh sorry which one changeling yes uh i you'd have to reset it for those that maybe don't yeah. know how it works anyway yeah so uh, basically how the changeling used to work is he could steal the weapon off of somebody like copy the stats of another weapon mm -hmm. um they've since really streamlined his how he works um or specifically, he could be put behind your enemy's field of vision in, like, in their deployment zone, and they couldn't pick him out unless a hero got close to him. Um, so, you know, it was like he was disguising himself as one of the, one of the guys and uh, hiding in the mist of everything. Uh, and then once he got into combat, he could steal and he could copy a hero's weapon and fight them with it. Yeah. Um, it it wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily the best character, but it was it was a fun idea. Yeah. And they've kind of taken that and really kind of stripped a lot of the the weirdness out of it to make it much more straightforward. Which I think all of that stuff is an intent to make a more competitive friendly game. Um if you want a competitive friendly game, you can't have too many abilities that are too difficult to 
wedge into the game as it currently exists. Um, if people are arguing over rules all the time, it's going to become a problem. Um, so I think that's why there's we've seen a push more towards much more straightforward things. Um, those are easier to slot into a game as it stands without disrupting things too much. Right. And it's easier to conceptualize the purpose of it uh, very early on without needing to overthink it too much. Right. Um, and I, it's not a good thing, bad thing. I think that, you know, this is the direction the game's moving and it's this, this is the direction the game is moving and that, that is the changes that needs to be made. Now, what I think could happen is, and I think it's been a missed opportunity so far, is that um, you could have artifacts, weird artifacts like that in Path to Glory. Um, because that's more of a system that's more open to the RPG, loosey-goosey fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could be a really, that's been an untapped resource to be able to take advantage of that. I was actually very disappointed that um, uh, Path to Glory so far, even in the two new battle tomes, the only upgrades you can get for your heroes are command traits and artifacts that are already in your book. Mm. Um, I was like, you have room to have fun with uh, new ideas, and right. it's it's kind of not not really been scratched yet. Is my has how I felt. Yeah, yeah, interesting. No, I I, I don't particularly disagree with anything. I was just curious to hear your thoughts. Um, cool. Um, so uh, the real reason we're all here now that like we've got only the hardcore rant cast listeners is to, like we yeah we could talk about meta. We we could this is where we could get everyone give everyone sick list tech. Uh, you can see a lot of that on Goonhammer. There's a lot of really good good discussion about like just sort of getting into an army, you know, things like that. Uh, the real meta we are concerned about is the coffee meta, though. Um, so <laughs> we had a conversation about coffee. Uh, where do, where do you come down? What's what's the S tier coffee right now? As far as like if you're uh, like if you were to like get into the coffee meta, what coffee should you go with? <laughs> I'm exposing uh, so much about me, especially where I live. But a Dunkin' Donuts uh, pumpkin spice latte is what I have to buy every morning, <laughs> or I can't do anything else. That's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Once, um, once 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 late August once late August hits, I'm buying one of those every day. See, for a while there, the like it's like the little the the sriracha thing was happening with pumpkin spice for a little bit there. And like it, it. There's this thing that happens. I, maybe it's the little bit of the contrarian streak that I have, where like if people start to get too loud disliking something, then I will. It's like the sort of bullies bully. Like if people start to bully the thing, then I will like stand between it. Like just whatever it is. Like if people start coming down on pumpkin spice lattes too much, it's like suddenly I'm like, oh, they're the best thing ever. I'm just just to mess with people. Like the same thing happened with a Christmas story. I had no opinion on that movie whatsoever. Just people hated it, and when I were I was a manager at Barnes and Noble, we had the 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 nooks, the little uh, tablets. Uh, I would put Christmas Story on every day on loop, just so Hell that yeah. people would I'll come in and be, like, "I hate this movie." I'm like, "I love it." I didn't care about it until you hated it, and then your hate made it better for me. <laughs> well, we talked about like the performative hateness, hate with uh, Twilight and stuff like that. Yeah, do uh, so much. Yeah, like people get so invested in something that I don't think it's worth the investment. So then I take the the contrarian position just to prey on their their overinvestment is really that what is it a, is. That is a pro troll move, my man, my friend. I <laughs> pro troll. Um, no, no, like um. So, so coffee is is for me. It's uh, I love coffee. Yes, welcome to the coffee portion of the stream, everyone. I'm glad you made it this far. Um, 
So, Tristan... Yeah, why are you still here? Go to bed. Yeah, go with this three hours almost of, of talking about Warhammer and now coffee. What the heck's going on, everyone? Um, so, for, for me, like, uh, uh, we, we touched on earlier some sort of, like, alienation, some sort of general malaise with, with the sort of current generation. Uh, see, I need coffee that tastes as horrible as I feel. Um, mm. But not bad, okay? This is, these are two different yeah. things, okay? Starbucks coffee is bad as in it doesn't taste good at all it it's the acid levels off with it i always have heartburn drinking starbucks coffee but but when i drink coffee I, that's not the when i drink coffee it needs to resonate with my soul so i love gas station coffee my s tier is a uh, it's a local chain it's quick trip um mm-hmm. uh we we do have we we do have a dunks nearby it's it's a little bit out of out of out of like out of range for where I start my day. So I go to the quick yeah. trip and yeah, I have a coffee pot. Sometimes I set, I set it to autopilot. So the robot makes me coffee and I can wake up and I, I can get coffee. But there's something about walking into a KT with like my little thermos where like refills are stupid cheap. Uh, and I go in and like, I look at their, their display of coffees right now. They have a pumpkin spice coffee and a, uh, and a hazelnut coffee. Uh, I usually go with the Colombian because it's it's uh it's fair trade and uh and and uh, rainforest certified, uh nice. So uh, I usually go with that. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll splash in some pumpkin spice just because when I'm drinking it I I can feel the haters hating and it it sustains me. And then there's like a plethora of creamers and little like pumps that I can put. There's just something about like when I I'm feeling some kind of way I go in and I like it's coffee time and then I drink it and like it. There's something about when you get the creamer and the flavor and the blend of coffee just right, where it's just, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, I know there's, like, baristas out there that make excellent coffee, and, like, that coffee's good, too, but I don't deserve it. Uh, I'm a working slob. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I and I think that's I think that's the source of me, too, is, you know, uh, it's, it's, I, I check so many boxes in terms of um, being a... Uh, working class Boston resident that, you know, just, I don't, I don't want the Starbucks coffee. I want the shittiest coffee you can get me. <laughs> I, I, this is unironic. I actually think Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts coffee is better than, than Starbucks. Like legitimately it tastes better. Like, but, but Hey, uh, I just defended gas station coffee as S tier. What it is, is it's the general ship of yeah. going in and I'm spending my RDP to like, to get like one pump of like the ginseng or whatever like pump that they keep there because today I need the extra energy boost. Yeah, no, and it's it's um it's uh it's sometimes it's you know it's like crappy beer or fast food or something like that. Like you consciously know that those are bad things, um, and that you could get better quality if you wanted to. But sometimes you really just want to hit that particular niche for whatever reason that your animal brain is all over it. Yeah, yeah. Uh... My ho- your housemate's the opposite, says D6. So good coffee is great, but there's something special about burnt, never cleaned coffee pot, black coffee sludge. Oh, diner coffee. Um, there's yeah. actually, like, di- diners have gotten, like, they've hit the sweet spot in between, like, they know it's diner coffee, but they're also making good coffee, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the, I mean, it's, I guess there's that part of me that watched, uh, you know, like, Twin Peaks when I was really young with my grandma, and, like, and just, like, the coffee diner scene, the resonant spookiness of 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 the of, of the thing that just i've always just been a bit of a spooky kid right and uh yeah. and just like something about that coffee you know i had in my my grandpa who was a sailor 
and he drank coffee constantly. I got coffee way too young. Like, it just, it's mm. always been a thing. But diner coffee, like, but you gotta, like, you gotta sit down for the diner coffee. At that point, it's almost a, the experience. But I want that coffee pot where, like, when they're pouring it, I can see the ring that's just, like, in the glass. Like, it's, like, tattooed into it. <laughs> uh, who doesn't like Duncan? Who loves Starbucks? Oh my! Oh, your roommate doesn't like Duncan. He loves Starbucks. Disgusting. Uh, banish him. Yeah, banished. Kick him out. <laughs> uh, having grown up in an area where there was Dunkin' Donuts every square mile in the state, America runs on Duncan. Well, we consume. So little, little, little uh, chat gang trivia. We actually consume more coffee than anyone in the world. Yes, uh, that I know. Like, like, um, and it's not even close. Rolling back to my um, my Peace Corps experience, um, it's I, I, it might sound like a little bit of a downer, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. No, it's cool. It's it cool. One of the, one no, of the interesting things was uh, so I was in I, I, in the Peace Corps. I was in Indonesia, and um, uh, I was on the island of Java, which. Uh, so you can guess what you can guess what they make a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you couldn't actually get good coffee there, shockingly, uh, because it was all exported. Um, it was all really crappy uh, Insta stuff. Mm. Um, so I didn't I didn't much care for it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's all gets exported, and that's been so like that was sort of a eye-opening moment about how uh you know america doesn't really make its coffee it just kind of gets well, from other places yeah well how, how capital goes into areas extricates their resources and leaves them with literally not even their own resource like and takes it elsewhere yeah. and sells it at a premium yeah yeah crazy yeah, for sure yeah um i want to yeah i mean i want to say it's downer it's it's uh you know that's it's not full doomer take it's I mean, it's this is the world, right? And we need to be aware of this crap. Like, you just gotta. It's a, it's a state of, yeah, it's a state of, state of the way things are. I want to stare into my coffee. Uh, uh, I'm staring into my coffee. And it be the same as sta- staring into the abyss. And I want it to stare back. Stare back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if staining into the abyss was a typo, but it's pretty good. It's actually pretty Like, I want to stare at my staining coffee and have it stare back. I'm usually really good at like editing uh like people's words when they're typing. Uh Oh, dude, I I thought you I thought you had something there. This is a very profound statement. Don't yeah. stain don't stain the abyss for the abyss will stain back. We consume the most, yeah, volumetric, but 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 Finland wins per capita. Yeah, legit. I can believe that. Yeah. I can believe that. Legit. And the quality of coffee we're consuming is usually lower too, right? Like our we we drink a lot more like the Starbucks. That's like like a, a a coffee like you would get it in France is a lot closer to an espresso than it is you know the the dirt water we drink. But we deserve the dirt water. We're working class. Like the th- I want the whole thermos and to like as I'm drinking it, my black soul. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to consume large amounts of the terrible stuff rather than the tiny cup yeah. of the good stuff. No, no, it's both. <laughs> All things in moderation. All right. So uh, any any final thoughts on Goonha- Goonhammer? I I. I said I was going to work in a Star Wars joke, and I started on one, but the the timing wasn't right. So yeah, no, it's fine. Do you want to uh, do you we'll, want to we'll uh, mention Fifth Trooper just real quick? Because because you you don't just yeah. write Warhammer. Con- you're you're like as established an Omni nerd like myself. Uh, you want to mention yeah. F- Fifth Trooper? 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, in addition to Goonhammer.com, which again you should all go to Goonhammer.com, um, I also write. I also write for uh, the. I also write for the Fifth Trooper, which is a Star Wars Legion website. That is probably my next favorite war game. Um, it's a very fun skirmish war game, even if you don't like Star Wars. Um, so uh, yeah, check out check out me on either of those sites. Right on, right on, right on. Um. Yeah, and uh, so so any any last uh, things on like the topic at hand? Any anything you want to f- finish off talking about? Goonhammer, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, artifacts, uh, coffee, coffee matter, super important. No. We talked we talked about so much stuff tonight. I had a great time. Thank you for having me on. Right on. And if people want to like sort of catch you online, where's a good place to look for you? Uh, like I said, you can get me uh, on Goonhammer. Um, just shoot an email to our contact email if you want to get me. Um, I'll also put my Discord handle in the chat if anybody wants to add me i love talking to people about war games and anything else right on right on and uh so now we've 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 entered the stage called the uh, the final soapbox the digital soapbox Do you have any like uh any cathartic airing of grievances or rants you need to get off your chest uh about wargaming or otherwise um <laughs> gotcha journalism anything, huh? boom yeah you weren't ready for that no uh like what, what do we do uh it's it's just a gag um Sometimes I talk about video games, you know, a movie came oh, out that I, I didn't just, like, yeah. If you, if you want me to air grievances off my chest, I'll just say crush capitalism and leave it there. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, comrade. <laughs> the flag slowly raises up behind. <laughs> Soviet Union anthem. <laughs> Fantastic. I it up. That was my fault. Yeah, no, it was good. Like, you just, you just hear it. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for being on tonight. This has been an absolute blast. Um, I, I had I love... some fun. Thank you. You you sh- uh, you should come back on first and foremost. Uh, and and second, you need to you need to do the podcast circuit. I'm the I'm gonna we're gonna talk to the Illuminati, and you should be on a Warhammer Weekly here like soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Very, very thoughtful, very thoughtful takes, really good writing. Like, uh, again, you don't need me to like, uh, you know, puff your ego any, but uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and, and, and chatting. No, please don't stop. I love it. <laughs> but writers love validation too. So I'm like, I'm saying I'm not going to, no, no, I, I, in all seriousness, it's not a vanity thing. I love, I, I love hearing that, you know, uh, for a long time, there was, there was a lot of concern to me and I'm sure you kind of felt this too, when you were starting out streaming that, you know, you're just kind of doing stuff into the void and, yeah. Shouting it, into the is, void. Is, yeah. is, any, is anybody actually watching this? And yeah. it, it actually, like, knowing that what you're writing is being read and what you're doing is being seen uh, means a lot. So, you know, it, it's it's great to talk talk to you uh, and hear nice things. Yeah, right on, <laughs> right on, right on. All right, well, chat gang, you know this part. You're the show within the show, the reason I do this thing. Drink your milk, pay your taxes, and be excellent to each other. We'll catch you uh, next week with uh, Tr- Tomb King Tristan and Party at the All Points. Good night, everybody. Bye.